Blog Talk Radio. The countdown clock is spinning. In 11 hours, the recruits who will make up the Miami Hurricanes 2017 class will begin signing their papers or sending in their binding letters of intent. You would think by now that every recruit would know where they're going. But that's not the case as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live tonight. There are still a couple of recruits on the Miami board who are creating anxious moments for Mark Richt and his staff as they navigate what we affectionately call every year the fog of war. Tonight, as we begin our, se- our second special recruiting edition of the show, we'll take a close look at Miami's recruiting class. Is it good? Is it great? Is it outstanding? You will get to be the judge. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two to three hours, whatever's needed tonight, in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's six. Actually, I take that back. I almost forgot. They've changed the call-in number on us. The call-in number tonight is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Going to have to get used to that. We've had the other one for a long time. Either way, we have more than 100 open phone lines tonight. Plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. I'm sure you got a lot on your mind as this recruiting class comes together. But before we get to your calls, I want to take a few moments to give you a capsule look at where recruiting stands at this moment. I'm sure that as I go through the class and talk a little bit about what's been going on, what we feel is going on right now, it'll answer a lot of questions that you might have both good and bad as to the way that this recruiting class has come together. Starting a quarterback, probably the most simple position on the board. You know that Cade Weldon out of Tampa Jefferson High is enrolled and in school, a real nice looking prospect who I believe maybe because he's here on campus right now and will participate in spring practice. I think that he's going to give Jack Allison a pretty good run for his money this spring to see who will be the leader in the clubhouse going into the summer and fall when the other recruit on the quarterback board shows up on campus. And that will be Mr. Nicosi Perry from Ocala Vanguard High School, a kid that's rewritten the state record books, a kid that I believe is going to be a superstar at the University of Miami. I love his skill set. Um, every time I've watched tape on him, I've been, wow, this kid's really good. Uh, reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston. Just has all those game, game-changing intangibles. He's a playmaker. He's got great touch on his passes. Uh, he's got to keep getting stronger. He's a little skinny right now. Has to keep developing his body. But I personally think Nikozi Perry is the one to watch in this class. As good as Cade Weldon is, and I think he's very good, I think that Nikozi Perry is the one that really has the chance to be a very, very special guy at the University of Miami. 
All right, the running back position, where, as you know, been quite a bit of drama uh, in the last week or so. Uh, as everyone was anticipating, a Miami commitment from a young man from the Maryland area by the name of Anthony McFarland. This is a kid that Thomas Brown had recruited really for two years, go dating all the way back to when he was the running backs coach at Georgia, uh, a kid who had been silently committed to Miami since October. And we know that for a fact because he privately confided in us at Kane Sport that he was going to be going to Miami. But he pleaded with us not to report that because of all the heat that he took locally there in Maryland every time there seemed to be a hint that he might be leaving town. So we... We, of course, honored his request. We kept the secret with Anthony McFarlane for the last few months, continued the dialogue. The story never changed. He recorded a video that he was going to commit to the University of Miami and, didn't, and, and never, never released it. Um, the night before, he was summoned to a restaurant near his home and near the Maryland campus. Walked in, found his parents sitting there with the Maryland coaching staff. And basically, by the time he left that restaurant, they had convinced him to postpone his announcement. He had gone there to tell the Maryland coaches that he was going to announce the next day for Miami. And um, by the time he left, he had been convinced to postpone his announcement for a couple days and continue to think it over. And, of course, Maryland made their strong pitch about why he should go there instead of go to Miami. And whatever they said to him had the effect that they wanted because he switched. All that effort by Thomas Brown, after all the time that he spent with that family, they flipped on him. And Anthony McFarland announced a couple days later, that he will be going to Maryland. And the main selling point that Maryland made in that situation was you're not going to play at Miami because you're from Maryland and they favor South Florida backs at the University of Miami. And my guess is they went through the long line of running backs who have been great at Miami. You know, Frank Gore, Najee Davenport, to a degree Clinton Portis who came from Gainesville. Willis McGahee, they went through them all. Mark Walton right now, Joe Yearby. There is a common denominator. They all are from Florida, and most of them are from Miami. And they used that, we believe, to convince Anthony McFarlane that he was taking a major risk by going down to Miami, that he could come to Maryland, that he could be the dude and be a star in his hometown and his home state. And in the end, that won over, and... Thomas Brown got burnt because he committed two years to the kid and he didn't and because the kid had been so definitive that he was coming, Thomas Brown didn't recruit other top running backs. You know, but they, they already had Robert Burns, who we'll talk about in a moment, already committed for two years. 
and McFarland was going to be the second running back. There really was no reason to recruit anybody else. They were done at the running back position. So now what? Well, you've got Robert Burns from Gulliver High, kid who hasn't played ball in two years. I know Miami still, you know, feels strongly about him and, and feels he could develop into a good back. Um, I personally think it's a, it, it, it's a risk, but I understand that next year that they're going to be heavily focused on running back, and they're going to be looking for an elite back or two to recruit in the next recruiting class. So really, this is kind of like a, a, a bridge year, so to speak, because you got Walton coming back. You got still have Travis Homer on the roster. Some people are holding out hope that Gus Edwards can be convinced to stay as opposed to transfer. Um, no indications on that just yet. But uh, it's not ideal, no question about it, with Robert Burns being the only back in this class to be coming in to Miami. But uh, my guess is there'll be a, also be a player in the aftermarket looking for another running back to come fill out the roster of maybe a 50-year transfer. Um, and I'm going to get into who that might be in one second here. But here's what happened at the end of last week after McFarland, I guess, you know, you can use whatever word you want, but disappointed the coaches. And what you're going to see here is a very distinct difference between what is going on in this current regime of Mark Richt and what was going on in this University of Miami football program in the past. So greatly contributed to the failure of Al Golden. When Al Golden was head coach and Miami was faced with these situations late in the game in recruiting, they took a grab bag approach and just started taking fringe kids who they had previously analyzed as not being good enough to play in the program. And I'm not going to, you know, I don't need to go through all the names. I mean, you guys know who they are. You've seen them come and go. You know, most of them didn't last more than a year. Uh, incredible attrition from all those golden recruiting classes. It was essentially a hidden probation for this program. A huge part of the reason this program has continued to struggle to get over the hump, including this year, when despite all the improvements that you saw in player development and Manny Diaz's defense, they still lost four games. And all those recruiting failures and all those wasted scholarships, in my opinion, contributed mightily and still are contributing mightily. So what Thomas Brown did was he started exploring the situation. He called a young man by the name of Mike Epstein, who was the starting running back last year from St. Thomas Aquinas. And Mike has been committed for some time to Illinois. Might have considered Miami had he been recruited by Miami, but he wasn't for the obvious reasons. He's always been a Miami fan. His dad went to Miami with me. We lived on the same dorm floor for two years, believe it or not, and are still friends to this day. He writes all my mortgages for me, and we talk often. So Mike Epstein, if, if Thomas Brown had decided he wanted Mike Epstein, I think he could have flipped him from Illinois. Um, he was told by Mike, you have to act fast. You know, I'm not sitting here, I'm not jerking around people. I, I'll, I'll come down, I'll see what you got to say, and I'll make a decision. You know, I'm not going to jerk around a school that I've been committed to for all these months. If I'm going to switch to Miami, I'm going to give them time to replace me. 
Okay, that was Friday afternoon. Miami also on Friday explored Keyshawn Bryant, another St. Thomas running back who actually was second team to Mike Epstein, believe it or not. They called him up to see if he would be interested. Um, actually called him as he was checking in to an official visit at Iowa. Okay, Bryant naturally told Thomas Brown, yes, I would be interested, but I'm on an official to Iowa. I can't come on an official this weekend, um, but I'd you know, be happy to consider it when I get back home Sunday from this visit. And then Thomas Brown, with those two options on the table, both kids, keep in mind, that Miami decided not to recruit when they were evaluating all their options at the running back position going into recruiting. They were sitting there. Okay, Both, in my opinion, could have been flipped from going to any other school. During the Al Golden reign, one of those kids unquestionably would have ended up in the signing class. And, you know, I think Mike Epstein in particular is going to be a great, a very good player for Illinois. And I think Illinois really is a better fit for him than Miami for a whole multitude of reasons. Um, Bryant, I'm sure, is going to find a home at Iowa or, or someplace else and, 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 and do fine. But in the, during the Al Golden years, one of those kids would have landed in this class. There's no question about it. It would have been the easy way out, a sure commitment. You know, wouldn't have had to really do a whole lot to get him. And, you know, you saw this time and time again with different late additions to signing classes. What these coaches did was they sat down and they weighed their options. And not only did they look at those two, they realized they can be a player in the aftermarket for a 50-year transfer, you know, similar to the way they picked up Adrian Colbert last year, who, when he was healthy, was a pretty good contributor to this football team on special teams and on defense. They could pick up, a, if, if Gus Edwards leaves, they could pick up a kid like Gus Edwards who maybe is stuck behind too much competition at another school. And the kid doesn't have to be a starter. You've already got Mark Walton. He could, he could help you bridge the gap to 2018. And that's the direction they chose to go in. And I'm telling you right now, it is my opinion that of all the things that we have seen in the last year, the great job that Manny Diaz did, as good a coaching job as I've ever seen in my 30 – I've stopped counting, but it's 30-plus years of covering Hurricane football. What Manny Diaz did this year was as spectacular as anything I've seen. All the player development that took place at all the other positions, okay, the improvements in the infrastructure of the program. You could go on and on and on of, of all the positives despite the four losses that we saw this year. But I'm telling you, to me, the way they're handling this is as good a sign as anything, okay? Um, and it's, it's a professional operation now. They, they, they didn't predispose themselves to a decision. They investigated all their options, and they sat down, and they made a decision based on all those different alternatives. And they chose to be hasty and take a player – that they had previously evaluated not to be good enough for what they're looking for. Because obviously, at the running back position, you're looking for elite talents whenever you can get them. So 
That takes Miami to a pursuit of a kid at Clemson by the name of Tyshawn Dye. He is, he's graduated from Clemson. He is going to transfer. And Miami is very high up on his list right now as a possibility. But the one thing I will say is it is not, it's not a slam dunk. We have some sources up at Clemson that we've spoken to in the last day. And what I'm finding out is that Tyshawn Dye is going to have several options. And there's going to be several suitors for him. And he's going to have his choice of a lot of schools. Because he's a decent enough player that for a guy, if you're looking to shore up your depth at running back, he's a very strong player for a fifth-year transfer. And um, he could help a lot of teams. So we'll obviously continue to monitor that situation going forward. We'll be reporting on it constantly at canesport.com. Uh, but that brings you up to date on all the action that's been going on in the last week at the running back position. And those of you who are on Kane Sport, you already know a lot of that because we've been reporting it. But um, figured I would, as we get going here on the show, I'd pull it all together for you here this evening. The wide receiver position. I love what's going on at the wide receiver position. Okay. It's looking like DJ Dallas, ultra-talented kid out of Brunswick, Georgia, who could play either DB or wide receiver. It's been looking like he's going to be a receiver. Now, I'm going to put an asterisk on that, and you'll see why when I get to the defensive back position where a couple cornerback prospects that Miami was counting on landing in this class are wavering here um, in the final hours of recruiting and, and are sitting on a 50-50 fence with Florida, and nobody knows what they're going to do tomorrow at this point. So if they lose those guys, DJ Dallas might be needed at cornerback, and um, they might decide to put him there. But they could do go either either way with uh, DJ Dallas. So I'll talk about him right now. Great, great athlete. Um, a, a kid that I think is going to help a lot on kick returns and um, just as a leader. I mean, he's just got that it factor. Um, he might as well have been a coach during recruiting this year. I mean, this kid was unbelievable. He, he, he was as big an advocate for the University of Miami as any recruit you've ever seen and probably ever will see. Um, he and Trajan Bandy, the cornerback, both put an incredible amount of effort into recruiting other kids in this recruiting class. And, uh, you got to applaud DJ Dallas. He did a hell of a job, and I think he's going to be a hell of a player at Miami, whether he ends up being a receiver or a defensive back. The other committed guy right now is – you'll notice his, you'll remember his last name, obviously, because his brother just left the team. That's Evidence Nujoku from Wayne Hills, New Jersey. And I'm going to go out on a limb here because this is a kid I really like, and I love his skill set. And I think he's just going to keep getting better and better like his brother did. Um, I'm going to go out on the limb and say something that I don't think anybody's really thinking about right now. And that is that Evidence Njoku might end up being the best of all these guys. Okay? I mean, this kid has it all. He's, 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 he's big. He's, he's athletic. He's a lot like, a lot, very athletic like his brother. Not quite the same high jumper. But just a super athletic kid, I think he's going to, once he gets into a college strength program, he's going to keep getting stronger. Um, he's going to be a big receiver. And I think Evidence Njoku is going to be really, really good. And I'm very anxious to, to watch him beginning this fall. I think you will see him on the football field in September. 
And he could be the kind of player next year that Amon Richards was this year, in my opinion. Um, I think he'll be in the rotation without question. Okay, now let's talk about the decisions that are pending at receiver tomorrow and where we think they're going to go. The first one, Mike Harley Jr., Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. Best way to describe him is he's probably Sam Bruce without all the baggage. And, you know, when you talk to people at St. Thomas last year about Sam Bruce coming to Miami, a lot of people kind of predicted what would happen. Sam Bruce just didn't have his act together um, off the field. And, you know, often when that is the case, um, it doesn't have a happy ending when they get to college because nobody's going to sit there and babysit a kid once they're on campus and there's football games to go prepare for and things like that. The kid's got to be predisposed to doing the right things consistently. Mike Harley doesn't have all that baggage. They speak very highly of him at St. Thomas. You know, the one caveat is he's a small receiver. There's no doubt about it. You know, he's probably 150 pounds dripping wet, (laughs) Um, but very fast. And, you know, I think he'll be a specialist. I I, I think he'll be the kind of guy you can put in the slot and do some things with here or there. Um, I'll be very surprised if he's ever an every down receiver just because of his size. it's, It's a lot to overcome when the bigger cornerbacks start jamming the receivers at the line of scrimmage. But Mike Harley can make plays. He's got a lot of speed. He can stretch a defense. And um, I think he's a nice pickup for Miami at this point in recruiting. The other guy that's sitting out there that we believe is going to sign with Miami is Jeff Thomas from East St. Louis High School. Now, the one thing we'll say is – Everybody always looks for the signing day disappointments or whatever. You know, Jeff Thomas has not been being being heavily recruited by Miami for very long. Um, It's really been in the the last month. So the bond is not as strong. There have been other schools trying to sway him. And, and, you know, Illinois is the the home state school always has to be watched. No doubt about it. Um, Right now, we think the Canes are in great shape there. We expect him to sign with Miami tomorrow at 1045 on ESPNU. But until he does, I just, you know, I've found these kids, you know, that don't have the strong connections always have to be watched very closely. Um, but if if we have to make a prediction, which we will, it would be that Jeff Thomas will sign with Miami tomorrow. And um, if he does, he's a really nice pickup, slightly bigger than Harley, but not a ton probably a little bit more of a complete receiver uh, at this point of his career. Um, we think Jeff Thomas, you know, can, can really be great at Miami. Um, might evolve into a specialist also. Uh, you got other guys, you know, you still got Lawrence Cager coming back. You got Amon Richards. I mentioned Njoku. Um, these little guys aren't going to need to be on the field every down. Um, and, you know, might be more of specialists in – this offense, and we had enough arguments about that last week. I don't want to do it again this week, um, but typically your smaller receivers um, end up being specialists who um, who are used to do certain certain things here here or there in football games. But uh, Jeff Thomas is a very talented kid, uh, and I think he will have a great career at Miami if he sticks um, to what we think is his top choice this evening. And uh, to there. So I think you got to be pretty pleased with the receiver position and what 
what they're bringing in. You got the big receiver in the Joku, a couple scat, you know, smaller type receivers in Harley and Thomas, and kind of like a guy that's kind of in between in DJ Dallas that you have a lot of options with. You can use him at receiver, you can use him at corner, you can even use him both ways if you want because he's equally proficient on both offense and defense. Guys, you can forget about Jordan Pouncey. Miami stopped seriously recruiting him a couple weeks ago. Uh, we think he's going to Texas. And Devonta Smith, who I think was playing everybody these last few months. You know, when we reflect back on it, um, he hasn't really talked much in a, in a few months. I think he's been locked in to Alabama all this time. You know how they are. You know how they, they, they get these kids – they get on these kids and they lock them up early, you know, just like they have Xavier Williams out of Broward County, one of the top players in South Florida for next year, already locked into a commitment for 2018. That's how they recruit. And I have a feeling that Devonta Smith has been a silent commitment to Alabama all this time. I really do. And he canceled his Miami visit last weekend. Uh, I, you know, I don't understand why these kids operate like this. If he canceled that visit, he never had any intention in the world of coming to Miami. And I don't know why he would have jerked the coaches around for all this time. And I don't think they ever were counting on him. I think they would have considered him a bonus. Let's face it. He's an elite five-star recruit who had a choice between Alabama, LSU, and Miami. He was from Louisiana. LSU hardly ever lets those kids get away. Um, but if anyone was going to get him out of there, it probably was Alabama. And uh, I wouldn't lose a lot of sleep over Devonta Smith. I, I just I don't think he ever was a serious factor in this recruiting class. Tight end, Brian Palendi from Denton, Texas, in the fold, already enrolled. Um, I think he's, 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 he reminds me when I watch him of Rob Chudzinski when he started his career at Miami. You know, like, I think he's going to be a really good pass-catching tight end. Um, I, I don't know that he'll ever have the frame – to be a superstar or anything like that. But I think he'll be a solid player for Miami at tight end. I think he has a lot of potential as a pass-catching tight end. All right, no position on the team needed more attention than offensive line. And I'll agree with anybody that wants to say that you would have liked to see Miami get a few, couple more elite game-ready players here than maybe what they're getting. Um, I, you know, Obviously, it's such a great position of need, and you want guys to be able to come in and play right away, and it's so hard to do that at offensive line. But I think you got one like that for sure in Navon Donaldson. And even though he's not a five-star and he's ranked a high four-star, I think Navon Donaldson, if he can get himself in shape, and the last time I saw him, he had picked up a little bit more baby fat than I think you'd like. Um, but I think he understands that, and I think he understands that he needs to now get himself in condition for spring practice and going into the fall, and I think he will. He's a very motivated kid. He wants to be great. I've liked everything I've seen from Navon Donaldson coming up through high school and, and, and into Miami, and um, I think he's going to be a starter next year. I really do. Now, these other guys that have been committed or enrolled, uh, Zach Dykstra from Iowa, he's enrolled. Uh, I personally think he's going to be a little bit of a project. I don't expect to see him on the field for a couple of years. Um, but obviously the coaches like his skill set and feel like they can develop him. Uh, a guy to watch 
in my opinion, who nobody really took seriously. He was a two-star recruit until I went and lobbied rivals and said, hey, this kid's not a two-star, and they raised him to a three-star. But Corey Gaynor at a Parkland Douglas High School, I think is, a, is one of the sleepers in this class. And the reason why is you could develop him. He's a little undersized right now. You could develop him physically. And remember, they're recruiting him to be a center. So he doesn't have to be 300 pounds. You really would like for him to be like 275 and be able to move and, and stuff like that. But the thing I like about Corey Gaynor is the way that he competes. And if you haven't watched his tape, go onto Kane Sport and, and search him up and just watch a little game tape of Corey Gaynor and, and, and the way that he gets after it and the way he competes. I really like what I see there. I think he's one of the sleepers of this recruiting class, and he's rock solid. No issues there. Kyleon Herbert from Plantation American Heritage, a kid that was committed to Michigan for months, decommitted a couple weeks ago. Um, wasn't looking like he was going to go to Miami. Uh, there was a lot of Florida talk, but they did a great job recruiting him. They did a great job hanging in there. Got to give kudos to the coaches on this one. They got him in for that official visit, and he had a great weekend at Miami, went home, and then a couple days later, committed when Mark Rick came and made an in-home visit in his house last week. And uh, not going to make any predictions on this one. I don't know how long it's going to take for him to develop, um, but he's a, he's a good, big, athletic kid from South Florida, and no question that Miami wanted to land Kyleon Herbert, and they got him. So, you know, I think you got to give applause on that one as well. Solante Hillary from Brunswick, Georgia, buddies with DJ Dallas been messing around with people suggesting that you know there's drama that he's not 100% committed he's 100% committed he's coming to Miami he's just been joking around with people having fun Um, he'll be a hurricane tomorrow defensive line a couple good pickups at the end position for sure Um, DJ Johnson comes as the most heralded Sacramento California Nice sign there that Miami was able to go across the country and get um, a darn good football player. And uh, DJ Johnson probably projects as kind of like a hybrid player in Manny Diaz's scheme, a guy that can line up at defensive end or linebacker, uh, depending on the on the situation in a ball game. Uh, so, you know, you know, everyone knows, you know, the really high profile, good pickup for Miami. DJ Johnson, he's rock solid. Other than Gaynor, the other guy that I think is a big-time sleeper in this recruiting class is a kid out of West Palm Beach, Florida, Oxbridge Academy, by the name of Jonathan Garvin. And he's already enrolled in school. And I think this kid has a chance to be a really good defensive end in this program. And I'm going to be very anxiously watching his development um, as we go through spring practice in the fall. Um, I really like him. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, go turn on his tape. Too. Um, pretty impressive. And, you know, he's another one that gets after it, has shown pretty good pass rushing skills. And um, I'm expecting Jonathan Garvin to have a very good career at Miami as well. John Ford out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard, kid that played a lot of defensive end in high school. He's getting bigger and bigger. They're going to make him a defensive tackle. Of everybody in the class, I'm going to be honest. This is one that I'm not 100% sold on yet. Uh, we'll see how he, we're going to have to see how he develops and does. Um, 
I kind of felt that Miami should aim higher at the defensive tackle position, uh, but they've been locked in the Ford uh, very early in recruiting. Uh, I think with the depth that they have at defensive tackle right now, that tackle was not the biggest priority of this recruiting class, uh, and they were happy to settle in with Ford, who they obviously like because they're taking them. Um, but of, of the entire class, in my opinion, um, and the evaluations that I've done, um, you know, I think he's got the most work to do to be an impact player at the collegiate level. We'll see what happens. Just, you know, giving you my opinion from what I've seen. Linebackers. You know the depth situation right now. You know, you've got all those guys locked in the starting spots. Very tough position to recruit this year. Very, very tough. Um, you know, not a lot of elite linebackers were going to come to Miami with the backup right now at that position with all the young players um, that are on the roster and already established as starters. But they got three who I think can provide them, you know, at least two of the three can provide immediate depth. And that's Bradley Jennings Jr., um, a guy that originally was committed to Florida State and has decided to switch to Miami and come be a hurricane. He's already enrolled. Um, a kid by the name of DeAndre Wilder, Miami Carroll City. Skinny kid. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to develop. But they've got time. You know, He doesn't have to play a lot of football as a true freshman. Um, I think he's got to gain some weight. I hope they redshirt him. Because I think you know he's got a lot of athletic ability, and he could be a very good player. But I think he's going to need time to grow and develop. And I personally, when I evaluate Wilder, I hope they redshirt him and give him that time to get bigger and stronger and then see how that athletic ability that he has. He's got a great first step. Uh, he could make plays. It'll be interesting to see, you know, after he gets a little bigger and stronger, to, to my eye, um, how impactful he can be. But he's, he's a good pickup. He's got nice football instincts. Um, and, and, and I like that DeAndre Wilder commit. Um, it's one to feel good about. Now, I gave you my opinion on Ford. Another guy in this class that I'm a little concerned about, um, I think he's got a lot of growth that he still has to make, and that's uh, Wayman Steed from Miami Central. But he will be in this class. He's solid commitment. He's already actually already enrolled, um, recovering from an injury. He's lost weight. But, you know, when I saw him, he, he, he looks like he's lost weight. And uh, I think he's going to be a little bit of a project, to be totally honest. Um, another one, if they don't need him on special teams, that, you know, could be a redshirt candidate coming out of this recruiting class. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's go to Drama Central. The defensive back position. You like drama? You like the fog of war? What's going on at the defensive back position is made for you. All right, let's talk about the commitments first. Trey John Bandy, the ambassador, the guy that's been helping recruit. He's obviously rock solid. He committed several months ago from Oklahoma, locked in with the Hurricanes, and he's been working with DJ Dallas to help the coaches pull this class together. Another commitment, a safety. I know a guy that the coaches are very high on. I think they're going to be counting on him to play next year, and that's Amari Carter from Palm Beach Gardens High School, committed to the Canes over Notre Dame. He's rock solid. My only concern with Amari is speed, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Although, I mean, Jamal Carter wasn't the fastest guy in the world, and he played a lot of football at Miami, so um, we'll see. But Amari, he's a, he's a big hitter. Um, 
pure safety, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch his development over time. Another good-looking kid that they're taking at the safety position is Derek Smith. He's rock solid, um, and he'll be a hurricane tomorrow at a Jacksonville Trinity Christian. All right, now there's four guys left on the board, and I'm going to talk about them here real quick. you got Javante Dean from Blinn College in Texas, a Juco cornerback, a kid that grew up at South Dade, and uh, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer, had to go to Juco, get his act together, but now is considered one of the top Juco corners in the country, was originally committed to Alabama, and you know what kind of track record Nick Saban has in recruiting defensive backs. But here's what happened. Nick Saban felt like he recruited better defensive backs, and you know how it's been going at Alabama, and they're probably going to have the top recruiting class in the country again this year. I know it makes all you guys sick. I mean, we're all tired. This is, I think, going to be like the sixth or seventh year in a row that Alabama wins the national recruiting title. And uh, no, it's not because anybody's fixing any rankings. It's just they they go out and they get a lot of the top five-star kids to want to go there. And um, But anyway, so Javante Dean was committed to Bama. Bama got better. And um, he basically had no choice but to decommit from Bama. And then I think he's locked in with the Hurricanes. Arizona State's hanging in there. Utah's in the picture a little bit. West Virginia tried to get in this week, but they have no chance, according to our sources. We are expecting Javante Dean to sign with the Hurricanes tomorrow and be a huge contributor next season at the cornerback position. Now, two guys that are giving the Canes coaches headaches. And uh, the coaches run out of college and head to the NFL. I mean, it, it's a pain in the butt when it gets to this point and you've been, you know, basically sucking up to these high school kids for a year and you're still there the night before recruiting and they're on the fence between you and another school. And you don't, you don't know if they're coming. You don't know if they're going. And, you know, your stomach's in knots. And it's, you know, this, this is not fun for, for college coaches to be sitting here in this situation. Commit or don't commit. Make a decision. Let the coaches do their job. If you're not coming to a school, let them move on and get somebody else. I can't stand when these kids, and I know it creates a lot of fun for all of us, you know, with all the stories and everything, and we've been writing them off for you the last few weeks, and they've been damn good stories and uh, of all the recruiting that's been going on, and it's been, it's been, it's been interesting to, to watch and cover. But I feel for the coaches because now it's Tuesday night, and you've got Brian Edwards, cornerback, safety out of Miramar, and C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Miami Columbus. Two guys Miami has put an incredible effort into and done really nice job recruiting. Um, hats off to Mike Rumpf and Ephraim Banda, who have been kind of like a Batman and Robin tag team recruiting these two kids. And uh, they just keep bouncing back and forth on them. <laughs> I mean, one day they're going to Miami. The next day they're going to Florida. Brian Edwards has told both schools he's coming. You saw the story yesterday on canesport.com. C.J. Henderson's been going back and forth, kind of doing the same thing. And no, the, the night before Society Day, these kids could go either way. They've been going, and it doesn't matter. They, they could they could say something now at nine o'clock tonight, and by eleven o'clock, they could have changed their mind back the other way. So until they put pen on paper tomorrow morning, you know we're not really going to know. Uh, last week, 
we felt both were going to be hurricanes. You know, now we're not so sure. I feel a little bit better about Henderson than I do Edwards, but you know, I know Edwards' mom has really wanted him at Miami. So, you know, that's got to continue to be a factor right up to the end. You know, moms usually win. So it could go either way. I mean, Miami could lose them both. Miami could get them both. They could split. Um, I think if you get a split here, you got to be pretty happy. That's just my opinion. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll be covering it for you tomorrow morning. The other guy that's been on the board is a safety, Tariq Carpenter. Been begging for an offer. I mean, he's been sitting there for a few weeks now. He visited, nice-looking athlete. He loved Miami, would love to go to Miami. He just can't get the coaches to pull the trigger on him. And that goes back to what I talked about earlier at the running back position, in that unless they have a firm conviction, and they're not going to be 100% right, no coaches ever are, and I've told you a couple guys that I think might be candidates to you know, not meet expectations, Hope they're not listening. Hope their parents aren't listening. I'm not looking to disrespect anybody. I'm just giving you honest opinions based on my own evaluations. Um, I think the fact that they have not offered Tariq Carpenter out of Ludowici, Georgia, I think that's a good sign. Because he's a very good player. He's going to go to Georgia Tech. They're going to be competing against him for four years. But they don't have the same conviction on him that they have on Brian Edwards and C.J. Henderson. And they're waiting on those guys, and they're not going to reach because if they need to fill a hole at defensive back, they can always move DJ Dallas there depending on what they have at receiver, or they could do what they did last year and get a fifth-year guy to bridge the gap, and then you know what the defensive back lineup looks like, especially coming out of South Florida in the 2018 recruiting class, some of whom are already committed to Miami. So... They're not panicking, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I, I, I think that it's a sign that this program is maturing to the point where it needs to be to take the next step in evolution and get back to being what Miami used to be. And Mark Rick's not filling this roster with guys that he's not really, really, really sold can be major contributors and be major contributors pretty quickly. And uh, I think as we've gone through this class, you see, I mean – Listen, it's it, you know it, it's going to be on. I don't know that they'll make it into the into the top ten of the rankings, uh, but it's going to be a very good class. And there's a lot of very good players in this class. And and I think as a as Hurricane fans, that you guys out there should be real pleased by what you're seeing from your coaches. All right, as always. Oh, and let me mention, of course, that Zach Fiegels is going to be the punter in this class. His dad, Jeff, played for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, we'll see how he does. I watched him kick at the Under Armour game. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think he's got a lot of improvement he still needs to make before he could be a collegiate punter. But he's the guy that they've committed to, and um, he'll be the punter in this class, and hopefully he keeps getting stronger and, and keeps developing consistency, and he can become a really good punter for the Hurricanes. All right, as always, we ask fans on the message boards at Sport to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. I've answered a lot of those questions as I've gone through um, the recruiting class, and I'm going to stagger them into the show so that we can get to your calls, because after 44 minutes of listening to me talk, I know you guys are ready to get in on the action, and I want to get to your phone calls. 
Um, so I'm going to cover um, a couple really quick right now, and then I'll try to mix the other ones in as we go through the show. But they ask, how did both Edwards and Henderson potentially flip in what feels like 24 hours to UF? What changed? Nothing changed. Randy Shannon does a good job recruiting, and you know he, he didn't make it as a head coach, but he's a good recruiter when he zeroes in on kids that he wants. And uh, you know Florida's done a good job with Randy in the sense that they haven't asked him to recruit 50 kids. You know he's recruiting a handful of kids down here, and uh, has done a nice job with both Edwards and Henderson. He's right in there, 50-50 with Miami on the night before signing day. So nothing changed. Just coaches doing a good job, and kids are confused. They have a, they're having a very hard time making a decision and are flipping back and forth. And then the next question was, do we need another running back in this class? Uh, yes, they do, but as I covered earlier, I think it's going to come in the aftermarket and um, not in the form of a signee tomorrow. All right, 563-999-3633 is our new number. 563 999 3633 3633 want to hear from you guys you know we'll we'll stay on for a while tonight let everybody who wants to talk uh get hopefully get a shot you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show we ask you not to get too long-winded so we can maximize the the number of callers that we bring on the show tonight we're going to start out now in the 845 which has to be Greg and it is where Greg you are now live on Kane Sport Live, how are you doing this evening? Great, Gary. How are you? Doing good, doing good. What you got? I'll tell you right now, I didn't realize we had so many insiders on these message boards. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And, you know, I try to take the high road, and, you know, we've got some, you know, guys out there that like to come on our site, promote other people and other sites and things like that. People that are trying to compete with us, trying to be us, who just sit there and copy everything we report. And when they say one thing and we report something else the next day, they flip-flop and pretend like they never said what they had originally when they had no idea what the heck they're talking about. And, you know, we take the high road. We do our thing. We hope that we're giving you guys great coverage. Um, I, I think what's been going on the last few weeks has been ridiculous. Um, we've been grinding like maniacs. I, I, I got to give major kudos to my partner in crime, Matt Shodell, who has been committed to this morning, afternoon, and night. And, um, you know, we've worked all our sources. We've gotten every bit of information we could possibly get. Um, we, we've had in the last week, I think we've had over a hundred stories on recruiting. And, uh, I hope you guys feel like, you know, that, that we've done a good job, but, uh, I mean, you're right. There aren't many insiders. <laughs> there really aren't. Um, this, this staff ke- keeps what they do very close to the vest. There, there's a lot of pretenders. And, like, I know how hard we have to work and how m- many sources we have to have to get the information that we bring to you guys. And um, I'll tell you right now, most 95% of the people that package themselves as insiders are not insiders at all. I agree. Okay, now – I see Florida is trying to push that Mike Rumpf has only one year of experience as a coach, as a set uh, cornerback coach. Guy played in the NFL. Guy played for the Hurricanes on a championship team. 
He's a good high school head coach. How could they knock the job that guy did last year? He did great. Greg, Greg, put yourself in Randy Shannon's shoes, okay? You're the defensive coordinator at Florida. You need players. Okay, that program needs players. I, I know they went to the SEC championship game. That was the greatest miracle in the history of miracles. The SEC East was very weak this year. The SEC as a whole was nowhere near what it was in the past. Florida needs players, okay? And put yourself in his shoes, and you're recruiting these two kids against Miami, and you're looking for where you have an advantage. Well, you have an advantage in Randy and his lineage and and all his years of coaching defense and his resume, which is outstanding as a defensive coach. Um, And you've got the fact that Mike Rumpf is inexperienced, and you could say Mike Rumpf has never developed anybody. Who has he ever developed? Why would you put – your life and your future in the hands of a coach who has never developed anybody. Now, you, t- you say that to a 17-year-old kid, and you think that that's not going to give him and his family something to think about? Um, you know, just for I starters, guess- forget about everything, anything else. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out to you because that's what these kids are being told, I'm sure. And, you know, if, if you were a Florida fan, you'd be applauding. I mean, yeah, there's your angle, Randy. Go get them. Go Gators. You know, duh, 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 duh. Okay. You, know, duh. you know, I mean, I mean, if you were a Florida fan, you'd be saying the exact opposite, Greg. So give Randy credit. He, you know, he's doing his job. He's the defensive coordinator for Florida. That's his job. And he, if he's going to be successful there in that job and maybe get one more shot before he retires to be a head coach again, which I'm sure – I'm sure that burns inside him to get another chance because of the way things ended at Miami. He's kind of got some unfinished business as a head coach. Um, you got If you're going to be successful, you need players. And that's why he's looking for his edge, and he's seizing on it. And, it, and that is an edge for him. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, we all love Mike Rumpf. I think he did a great job with the cornerbacks this year. Uh, I mean, I think Corn Elder was a way better player. I think Colbert became a good cornerback. I mean, you know, you saw the way Malik Young – developed as the season went on. Mike Rump did a great job this year, but he doesn't have a resume as a developer. He, he can't point to anything as a coach that he's done to put players in the NFL or anything, and other coaches can. And if you're recruiting against Miami, that's what you're going to try to seize on. Make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. But we can also say Randy Shannon's the reason Miami had to dig out of a hole because he was such a horrible head coach. Who, why would you want to play for him? What did he ever do at Miami? Not a head coach anymore, Greg. He's recruiting as a defensive coordinator, and you're not going to argue with his record as a defensive coordinator. Okay, I, I believe, wasn't he the coordinator? Didn't Mike Rumpf play under him? He was the coordinator when Miami was the best team in the country for three straight years. Right, Mike Rumpf was one of his corners. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I'm, you're, you're not evaluating the guy how he played. You're evaluating coaches. I mean, almost every coach played football. Okay, Gary. Last year we had they had five. Wait, wait a minute. They had five freshmen playing a lot of time last year. And totally agree, Greg. Country. The Manny totally Diaz. I'm just explaining to you their argument. I'm not saying that I support it or not. I mean, I okay. understand why that that's why they would take that approach. That's their. Okay. That's their uh, chance. That's their chance okay, to steal fine. these kids. I mean, these two kids are from South Florida. That's their chance to steal right. them. Our coaching staff 
is better for you to develop you. Other than that, like, what are they going to do? Sell Gates, sell Gainesville over South Florida? No, you lose. I don't know what this. Um, you, you, uh, you're not going to win that argument. You're not going to, you know, both schools have good educations. If you care about education, Miami's a private school with small classes. Florida's a state school with big classes. So Miami probably wins that argument there because most of these kids will have a better chance to succeed in, in a small classroom environment. So if you're Florida, that's what you're going to go for, man. You're going to go and try to make that argument. And it's obviously been successful because we're sitting here, and they're going to sign in about 10 hours, and those kids are not yet firmly in the Miami camp. Okay. Neither one of them are going to start next year if they come anyway. So, no. I mean, it's not the total you know, end of the world. Not. It's not, this program's not going to go under. We lose these two knuckleheads. Totally agree. But anyway, if, if they both go away, Greg, you, you'll, I think you'll see Miami pick up one defensive back in the aftermarket, bridge the gap going into next year when you're going to sign a ton of defensive backs anyway. Right. And, and, and let me tell yeah. you something. I'm sure, I'm sure so, that's something else that Florida is using. The, the, the guys in South Florida that are coming in next year. You know, Blaze, yeah. Fryer, you know who they are. DJ yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole lineup yeah, of these so guys. Pain, so pain, pain, yeah. Hall. yeah, they're all over the place. There's DBs everywhere. If Miami gets half of the DBs in South Florida, it's going to be a, a great start for next year. So, you know, I'm sure that's part of this part of the conversation too. You see what's hey hey CJ hey Brian, have you looked to see what's coming up in Miami next year? You know, and, and you know, so you think you're gonna go develop and play, and now you got all these elite players that are gonna sign with Miami, and you may never play there. So that's what they're fighting right now, and that's why Florida is so deep in this game, and might win either or both of those kids tomorrow. You know what? I could tell us. I hope they're happy up in in Gainesville. But anyway, um. I'm re- I agree with you 100%. We're not reaching for two-star projects anymore. We've had so many of those. It's, it's it, it, in past years, all of those kids would have been in the class. When in past, right. you know, when Al, when Al Golden was head coach, and Al Golden wasn't a total disaster. He recruited a lot of good players. I mean, he recruited Njoku. He recruited all these guys that played as freshmen this year, with with, with very few exceptions. Those are linebackers that played all year. Those were Al Golden recruits. Amon Richards, he was an Al Golden recruit. Right. So, I, I mean, you know, this isn't dumping on Al Golden, but the one flaw he had was instead of instead of value, well, that's that's a whole other situation. But instead of valuing his scholarships and treating them like the precious commodities that they are, he gave away way too many to kids who weren't properly evaluated, who ended up doing absolutely nothing at Miami, to kids that ended up falling by the wayside and never contributed. And wasted. It, it was the hidden probation. Everybody talked about the cloud, Nevin Shapiro. The failures in recruiting and all those kids that were taken that never should have been taken was a way bigger cloud and a way bigger probation than the real probation. Once again, you're right on. You're right on. I agree, 100%. Can I just make one quick point on the basketball team? Bruce Brown, this, this kid is phenomenal. 
Do you think he he's not going to be one of these one and done kids? Is he? No, I don't think he's that far along. But but you you started to see in the last game what kind of ability this kid has, and you know he wasn't shooting as well early in the season. You know I think he you know there's a transition and a comfort level. You got to get used to the speed of the college game. Uh, you got to you, you know you're deferring to the older kids, Davon Reed, Jaquan. You're not looking to come in and take over. Well. In that game the other day against North Carolina, they needed him to do what he did because, you know, Roy Williams is a pretty darn good coach. And you saw Davon Reed. They weren't going to let Davon Reed get off in that game. And that created openings for Bruce Brown, and you saw the kind of player he is. And I think that you, you saw his arrival the other night against North Carolina. And um, I think now he can build on that, and uh, he gives them a great third scoring option, which is what, you know, what they need. Right. All right, Gary. Thank you. Thanks Greg, for thank all your good work. You always get us off to a great start. In fact, I have people when they talk to me about the show, and um, you know, thank you everybody who listens. The show has grown immensely, and um, we, you know, we have when we do the show on Tuesday nights, we have thousands and thousands of Cadence fans uh, that listen. Well, a lot of them, Greg, always come up to me and say, "Man, I really like that guy, Greg, that calls first every week." So, uh, thank you for once again getting us off to a good start. All right, Gary, take care. All right, have a good night. Let's go out now to the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing? This is Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I had a couple questions. Uh, I think the uh, the Henderson and Edwards deal, um, man, I know I keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I know you're talking about the pipeline next year. But when you agree, any great team, regardless, depth is important. So even, I I mean, I think a lot of the calls will probably, you know, agree with it that, you know, you want to be you want to be deep. You want to at least have have those guys that can come in, especially you know, mature and and, and add that extra depth. So Henderson and Edwards is a must, man. I hope we get those both of those guys. I mean, well, they're, not me, me they're not a must. They're not a must. It'll be a disappointment, so, but they're not a must. You look at you look at our front seven that we got coming back. So you so let, let me just ask you if, if if let's say you get Henderson, let's say you get you get Edwards and you got Bandy and you you got DJ uh, Dallas. So tell me starters. I mean, who? I mean, think about the, think about think about the night and you got Carter playing safety. Think think about that that the, the DBs now. I mean, you got a whole different animal. You got and granted they refresh them, but they gonna rotate a lot of these guys. Now you getting these guys getting experience. Now they developing depth. Now they, they you know you you you're building something here. Then you bring that 2018 class in on top of these young these young guys. I mean, I know I know you I know you are what you say you you say it's not you know it's not it's not that much of a priority for me. The McFarland deal, I was okay with him going to Maryland, but 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 Henderson and Edwards, I mean they, especially Edwards is a big six three physical corner. I mean you need we need corners, Gary. We need them bad. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I think if they don't get these fans, kids, they'll they'll pick up at Adrian Colbert. They'll, they'll go they'll go find somebody. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll go grab a 50-year guy at the aftermarket but, who, who wants to come play with more. Why, why we got to keep going aftermarket? 
Why we got to keep going JUCO? Well, it's it's, it's a good strategy. You know, it's a good strategy when you need to bridge yourself from one year to the next. If you're a little light that. in depth or something, I, yeah, it's it's a good strategy I to agree use. With that. I mean, I, look at I totally it, agree with if that. Gus Edwards follows through and leaves and 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 lands a, at a school that needs running back depth. Isn't he a good pickup for a team that's looking to solve their depth problem for a year? Absolutely, he is. Yeah, right? but we gotta we gotta build. But let me ask you: that's almost like that's like almost like the NFL going get a uh, you know get a, a free agent and pay a ridiculous amount of money versus building within your draft and get you know get a young guy and develop him within the program and build that depth. I mean, well, let me ask you, let me just actually ask, ask you this: what's your gut feeling on Edwards? And, and 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 Henderson because I because you get all I mean everybody's saying all kind of stuff it's I mean it, it's, you hear it's, a lot of you, you, all of this fifty fifty man it, it could go either way I mean it, it could go either you way hear a lot, oh you hear so much Miami you hear some Florida even if you look at the boards they're not even mentioning Edwards and 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 Henderson that much I mean um, man I hope we can get those kids man I really do that's gonna help I mean because you look at you look at the guys that we got coming in on DN. What a lot of people sleeping on. Gar, uh, was it Gar, Garvin? Garvin, guy yeah. Last night, mm-hmm. a beast. Forward, a beast. And uh, you got those young linebackers. Now you, now you got guys. Now you building depth, and you building. You know, you you got those. You got that, that those three linebackers that you you had freshmen this year. Now they sophomores. I'm just thinking about. You think of just think of, just look at it from this perspective. Like and I'm gonna keep it. I'm, I know you got a million other, not a million other callers. 2018, we play we play LSU. So you look at those linebackers we have now. They're gonna be juniors, and you you have guys that's coming in this year that, that's gonna add that have that experience this year, have that being able to have that rotation, and then bring another group, another set of guys from South Florida. All I'm saying, Gary, Miami, they got to get Henderson and they got to get uh, Edwards. I'm telling you. I know you. I know you. Down, downplaying it and saying, "Oh, you know, we." Can get oh, I'm not downplaying guys. anything. I mean, I. Don't, you know, we, obviously, we, we it's going to be a dis- It's a disappointment we, if you lose them both. So, I mean, it's you a know, disappointment, Gary. It's not the, the McFarland McFarland kid from uh, from Maryland. That's fine. It's there's too many great backs in in South Florida. I'm okay with that. I'm, I wasn't saying I'm you know you know disappointed like oh you know we missed out on the kid. But I know where we need where we need help at. We need help at 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 corner. You you bring those two kids in on top of that other the JUCO kid, and then now you you creating ridiculous competition. They got I'm, Gary. They got to get them two kids. I'm telling you, man. They got to get them. Here's what I'm gonna tell they you, Roland. Yeah, you want to get them. Obviously, they have recruiting them for months and months and months. But man. if you, if you only get one or or you or disaster strike. And you lose both, Roland. I don't think they're going to shut down the program. I think they're going to go get themselves a fifth-year no. kid like they did last year, and they'll be okay for a year. You know, I mean, you know, there's there's, there's not a ton you can do about it. I mean, you know, you still you're still picking up Javante Dean, you're still picking up Trajan Bandy, like you're still, you're still like picking that. up Amari Carter, you're still picking up Derek Smith. Like they're all going to play I next like year. It. All those guys I just I mentioned. Agree. You're not going to shut down the program. You're going to go get yourself a fifth-year guy to bridge the gap, and you're going to have a pretty deep defensive back position. And that's what they're going to do if these guys Man, fall. Look, I don't. I, think, hope... I don't think that they're like you know going to you know shut down the program or anything. And let me tell you something. No, else. no, no. 
you know, you mentioned McFarland. I think I think it's going to be a long ass time. I think hell is going to freeze over before you see Miami go start recruiting in that Maryland area again. You want to know I, why? I, Those kids I, up I there are soft. Game. They are soft let me and you. let me tell you. you know. Let me tell you something. This this McFarland kid, he caved yeah. like the no tomorrow. The minute Kate. those Maryland coaches turned up the heat yeah. on him, he caved, and he, he had yep. been committed to Miami for months, and he just wilted yep. like a, like a like a like a spinach leaf. Okay, and I think it's gonna be you. a long time before you see these coaches go back into Maryland, yep. and Maryland's always gonna nope. be terrible. And it don't matter that McFarland's they going there. They're Maryland. still going to be terrible. Maryland. And the reason is because the kids from that area of the country are soft, and I don't think you're going to see Miami go recruit there anytime soon. That's what I'm saying, Garrett. Stop all that, that time, I looked, at, I looked at his tape, and I'm not no disrespect to any of these kids. His tape wasn't even through the roof. Like I was like, okay, I was expecting to see something, you know, that would just blow my mind. I'd, I'd just be like, okay, this is a guy that I had. When I saw been his tape, I was, he would have been a he would have been a part time player, probably. Exactly. Exactly. He was. I don't think he was that much. He wasn't a priority like that for me. For us to be like, okay, we lost him. I don't. I don't see no major drop off. I mean, we got guys right now that this that offensive line. We I always talked about that building through that offensive line. I'm so happy we got guys that are coming in, getting that strength and conditioning, and get that offensive line going, man. That you know, offensive line and DBs and. Jeff Thomas, you think that's going to be? Are we going to get Jeff Thomas? Or you think that's? A, I do. I, I still think they're going to get him. I, I think if you if you're asking me, if you were to say that's Gary, who does everybody think we're getting that we need to be the most nervous about as we go to sleep tonight? I would probably say Jeff Thomas. But if I had to go make a bet right now, it would be that he'll be a hurricane. But but just think about it. You got Jeff Thomas. You just I mean you got you put him in the slot. Jeff Thomas. You got Cager. You got Ahmad. Yep. Richards on the outside. You got Mike Hartley. Don't forget Njoku. You got Njoku. You got Njoku. Yeah. Then you got Walton in the backfield, and you can run. Uh, um, you got uh, weapons. Tons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all I'm saying is this, A lot man. to be excited about. I would. There's no one in the world if I would go to Florida. I would not go to university. Who, who would want to go to University of Florida versus Miami? Are you I mean, come me? on now. They come on. Look, you know, let's, not be, let's not be crazy, Roland. I mean, Florida is well, one of the okay. top. You know, one of the one of the top programs in the country. I mean, I'm, you know, I, certainly I, in the top ten. That. I mean, come on, it should be. I get that. If but, they ever get their but, coaching but, situation straightened out, and exactly, I'm not, exactly. and I'm not sold that this guy is the answer. But I mean, they're they're, they're winning the they're playing in the SEC championship game in bad years. I mean, let's not let's not yeah. knock Florida. All, you know, Florida's all, all you I know, know is this: like, Florida's just, a worthy um, a worthy opponent in the state of Florida. All I know is this: we we can't have what happened that that Tyree Brady stuff that happened last year, where he was a lock and and the guy was all all Miami, and all of a sudden he went to Tennessee. Boy, we we cannot lose Henderson and we can't lose um, uh, Edwards. And just keep keep me on hold, man. We gotta keep them. We gotta keep those two guys. I'm telling you, man. All right, Roland. Thanks thanks for calling as all right. always. All right, guys. I'm gonna take a minute here and talk about one of our newest sponsors on Kane Sport Live and. Uh, Going to give you a quick capsule look at Blue Apron, a company that you probably haven't heard heard a lot about, but a company that's got a lot of things going for itself. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And you're probably saying, what does that mean? Because they're so unique. And what they do is they give you recipes, 
They portion out the ingredients that you need, you need to cook the recipe. They send it to you in a refrigerated package, and then you and, and, your, and your wives and girlfriends and family members could all have fun cooking with these ingredients. You can make a quick dinner. Um, saves you a lot of time when you've got all the ingredients right there in one place, and, uh, and they're good ingredients, and you have good recipes, and you can put together meals very quickly. So that's what Blue Apron does. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And that includes Canes fans, who they are now targeting, which is why they are now a sponsor here on Canes Sport Live. They want all the Canes fans in America to start eating better. And um, they achieve their goals by supporting a more sustainable food system, which sets the highest standards for ingredients, and they build a community of home chefs like me. You know, they, they, that's what they do. They turn you into a chef, and they were kind enough to let me sample their products, and the box came um, with UPS, and I opened it up, and all those ingredients were there. And my wife and I had a great time cooking up a few pretty cool dishes. And um, Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. They can be delivered to 99% of the country and 99% of food deserts because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe. They also are reducing food waste. And um, cooking together can build strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. And those who spend a lot at restaurants or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. And just to give you an idea of what we're talking about, um, here's some upcoming meals that will be featured on Blue Apron in this coming weeks. They have cashew chicken stir-fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. They have roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad, crispy, crispy barramundi, which I think is a fish, with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. Um, they teach you how to make udon noodle soup if you like Japanese food. Um, so all kinds of, of, of wild things that you wouldn't normally cook when you just go shop at Publix or your local grocery store. Blue Apron introduces these exotic dishes to you. They give you all the ingredients already pre-portioned. And for less than $10 a person, you could just sit there and cook them up in your homes. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash cane, C-A-N-E. That's blueapron.com slash cane. And as a Cane Sport Live listener, Blue Apron will give you your first three meals free, and they'll ship them to you free as well. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash cane. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. We thank you for joining the Cane Sport Live family, and I hope a lot of you guys get to sample their stuff the way I did. Hey, your first week's free. You got nothing to lose. So go to Blue Apron slash Cane, put in your order. You'll get those first three dishes for free, and they'll leave them, ship them to you for free. All right, 563-999-3633 is our new number, 563-999-3633. Let's go out now. And you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? What's up, Gary? Johnny O from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O? I'll be on Bird Road tomorrow. I'll be on, I'll be <laughs> really? on Bird Road flying fly either to or from Columbus High School. 
Oh, okay, okay. Uh, listen, um, I'm basically um, hoping that we'll get the the, the Harley, the Thomas, uh, the Gene, and um, and who's the other one? Who's Gene? You mean Dean? Uh, yeah, Dean. And who's the other one? Uh, well, there's Edwards. There's Henderson. No. You don't want them anymore. Yeah, you don't, I just, you, I just you, you don't, don't like what you don't you don't like the way they're playing your coaches, huh? You forgot about those two guys. Let them go to Florida, right? You know, it's just I see the same pattern as as the uh, McFarland guy. You know, all three of those guys are on the fence, and you know, up until now, <laughs> it's yeah. Do 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 the coaches want them? To commit before signing day so they can know who's on board? Of course. If a kid that you think you're getting goes another way the day before signing day, what are you going to do? You can go the Al Golden route and start offering kids that aren't good enough to play in your program. Or you can bite the bullet, take a fifth-year transfer, bridge the gap, and try to do better in 2018. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to get a five-star Day before signing day. That's not happening. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking the fourth kid. A local three-star that you didn't recruit who always wanted to go to Miami but couldn't because you didn't recruit him, who might be going somewhere else, like, you know, a Thomas Finney, for example. Boy, how well did that one go? They, they, you know, he was was getting ready. Remember, he's getting ready to get in the car and go drive to South Carolina. And Al Golden Mm -hmm. said, you got a scholarship here at Miami? That didn't go very well, did it? Yeah. You know, and, oh, and you, know you, could on, you could go on and on. You could go on and on with the late, the late last-minute knee-jerk decisions that blew up. Yeah. And I can't think of any of them that worked. So when a kid does this to you in the last day or two of recruiting, I mean, you're, you're, you're screwed. Yeah. But I tell you, like um, I said at the beginning of the show, I give these coaches a lot of credit, the way they're handling this. There's no knee-jerk yeah. stuff put on. They're not taking kids that, that they don't think can play, that they don't have firm convictions on. And if they think they're borderline, yeah. like this Tariq Carpenter kid out of Ludowici, Georgia, who yeah. is begging to come to Miami and still doesn't have an offer, um, you know, unless they feel like they're going to be great players, they're not taking them. And you know what? They should uh, take a deep if they Great, because you got some pretty good ones coming up next year. You know this this kid Carpenter. You know he's six foot two. You know he looks like a like a promising uh, future prospect. You know, uh, willing to come on board, but because of Edwards and um, this other guy, you know he hasn't been able to receive that offer. Now we might lose all three. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're, they're yeah. They're, I I don't think they're going to take Carpenter. I think they've 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 had to make that decision. You know they they, they you know they, they had they, the, the mom, you know you saw the story we had on Game Sport. The mom said they got to make a move today, or we just gotta right move right. On, you know? Yeah, I mean yeah. You know, but, but that's what I'm saying. That but they didn't offer because the two kids were waiting for. So what what happens in that situation? We lose the two kids, and you don't we get don't get that time. Carpenter. You, You've got you've got four other DBs that you are getting, and you go get yourself a, a experienced fifth year guy like an Adrian Colbert to bridge the gap. 
Right. Okay. Okay. You, okay. you load up again on DBs next year, which they're going to do anyway. So yeah, it'll be all right, Sonny. What yeah. else you got? You got anything else for us? Oh, and 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 what about that uh, that running back? The what is his name? Ryan or Keyshawn? Keyshawn. Nah, they're not going to take him either. No. No, they they evaluated it. They 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 made the call. Are you interested? Then they then they did their deep evaluation. They watched this film, I'm sure, very intensely, and they decided, no, we're not going to go in this direction. We're going to bite the bullet for a year. I think you'll see them pick up a fifth-year running back, you know, whether it's the die kid from Clemson or somebody else, and they'll bridge the gap. Right. Until 2018, okay. and then next year they'll try to sign two really good running backs, I would think. Yeah, yeah. So we got three possibles tomorrow, you know, and that's basically it. Anything else would be a surprise. Yep. All right, Johnny O, let's move on. Let somebody else get okay. on. Thank you for calling as always, man. All right, my brother. Take care. Put me on hold. God bless you. Got it. And I'll, and I'll wave to you when I'm going down Bird Road tomorrow. Have a great night. All right, let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, it's 7305. What's up, man? Well, you've been, behaving, to, you've uh, been behaving lately. I'm proud of you. Uh, I don't know about that. Just trying to always express what I what I No, what but you've I been behaving. Uh, feel. Unlike that, unlike that skibby uh, guy that everyone's mad at. Hey, it's he what it is. Embarrassed the, he embarrassed the cane sport by acting like a fool on the main board, but we won't get into that. But he, 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 prom- he promises, just so everybody knows, because I know you guys were a little annoyed with him, he has promised that he will not do anything like that again. So we're going to take That's him on his word. We're not going to ban him. Sounds good. Cane sport or anything yet. We're going to give him another shot. Moving. You know, everybody makes mistakes and gets gets a little crazy at this time of year. But uh, <laughs> anyway, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we, we we keep moving forward like we always do. But I'm yes, really sir. excited and really happy about what what uh, they've been able to do. These coach these coaches do a phenomenal job the past couple of weeks, especially. Um, I know some people are very discouraged with the wavering of certain kids. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that if you've done this job before, you realize that. Kids are kids, and things change every day. Recruiting is something that never ends. Even when they sign, Gary, now you got to make sure they get on campus come May or June or July, whatever it is, because then you got to make sure that they get there. Once they get there, then they get homesick, and then they're not doing well. So it changes every day. And how does that impact recruiting? Well, so-and-so is committed at you know, the XYZ school where I was from, now he's hearing from me. I'm not. I'm not enjoying it. So it impacts that everyday thing. Change and recruiting. Just it, it's just, it's chaos. It's mass chaos. 365 days out of the year. It never ends. It's 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 a difficult job. And at the same token, you're trying to you know lead your team and get your team that you currently have prepared to go out there and battle and win. And, and it's a very tough job. These guys don't get enough credit for what they have to put up with. I'm the first one to call people out when I don't think you're you're being efficient, whether it's on the coaching front or on the recruiting front. And I got to tell you, I've been impressed with with what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing from some of the recruits with regards to to Rump and and for him to be able to to help seal a deal with with Herbert. Which I, I the other day I know CMR did that and so did uh, Cyril's, but there's no there's no question he had a major impact. And, and to get one kid from Heritage. That was the first, you know, that was the first step. Next year, 
hopefully we'll get one or two, maybe even three from there, and it'll go on and on. But we've got to go ahead and continue attacking Southmore the way they're attacking it. Uh, they're doing it the same way they attack opponents on the field. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're taking whatever it takes to get the job done, they're doing it. And it's nice to see a staff utilize that mentality. But like you've been mentioning, you've made a great point tonight, when things don't go your way, don't uh, don't panic. Yep. Don't panic and let things play out because the right person or the right situation is going to come about. Don't turn a problem in 2017 into a problem in 2018 and 2019. By loading, your, by loading up your roster with guys that can't play. Absolutely. And, and, and one thing that does concern me with some of the, some of the kids that, were, that have not committed that hopefully we're going to get tomorrow, you mentioned Thomas. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with, with Thomas if we're able to get him. But a concern to me is the same concern we had with Mullins. Academically, East St. Louis is a very poor school district. Always has. I, I never had a lot of luck out there. It's definitely one that requires you to continue to stay on top of this kid to the very last day until he's cleared by the MT2A eligibility center. Because that, that, that's still a long ways away. He's, he's, he's on track, but he's still got a long way to go. As a matter of fact, he's, he's maybe he's in better shape than Chalk was years ago, uh, but he had a lot of people help him at Carroll City. But I, I, I still think this kid, even if he signs tomorrow, I mean, we still have a long way to go with that kid. Because academically, um, I, I don't know if you can share anything with regards to where he's at, his status academically, but it wasn't very good going in, and that's what kind of, you know, held some people from going after him uh, the past two years. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the same story that what you've heard, but it, it appears that that's something that, that we need to, to keep in consideration if he does sign with us tomorrow. Yep, no doubt. So what else you got? You got anything else good? Well, last thing I want to talk about, Gary, um, with regards to our offensive line, you mentioned that Gainer was a little a little undersized. But with, in, the, in the scheme that, that Mark Rick likes to run or wants to run, and I think it's going to change a little bit more this year, you know, utilizing a mobile quarterback, how, how much bigger does this kid need to get? Because as a center, I don't think he needs to put Not on 40 pounds. 20, muscle. Yeah, tw- no, 25 pounds maybe, Twenty, you know. Of, of muscle, you know, not bad weight, good weight. And, and do you see him contributing? I, I think he'll be on the field before uh, Herbert. Was. I think he'll be the backup next year. I think he's got yeah. a chance to be the backup next year. Yeah. What type and of then shape? The, and and then what, be the starter the year after. What type? Of, what type of shape do you see of all our incoming offensive linemen? Who's in the best shape? And, 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 you know, I've always told you the biggest thing for us this year, I thought, was to get Devon. But uh, considering him as well, what type of shape are they in? Are they in? And besides uh, Gator, which ones do you think will definitely definitely be playing uh, this year? I think Donaldson and Gaynor are, are, are the two. I, I think that, um, that uh, Hillary is going to be a little bit of a project. We'll see on Herbert. Okay. Herbert might have a chance. You know, we'll see how he develops. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting Hillary and Dykstra to be more project type guys. I think Donaldson will start next year. I think Gaynor will be a backup, and remains to be seen on Herbert. Well, I, I tell you, what, I'm excited. Um, hoping, hoping we do. We close out really well tomorrow, and 
Uh, all I can say is, I, I, unlike the previous staff that also worked hard, I'm not going to take anything away from Mal Golden and his guys. They did work hard, no question. They did. Uh, I, I just feel a lot better about things, and I don't know if it's just CMR or it's just the overall cohesiveness of this group as a staff. But uh, I just feel no matter who we get tomorrow, we're in great shape, and we're, we're going forward in the right direction. So. Hopefully a lot of good players in the here. class. So I'm going I'm to take a look and see where they're ranked right now in the team rankings. But uh, I haven't looked in a few in a few days. But uh, you know those things are going to keep fluctuating as as teams lock up recruits. But uh, um, I think there's a lot of good players in this class, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to make the top ten. They're sitting right now at number twelve, and you know obviously some schools are are still adding players and things like that. But uh, there's a lot of good players in the class. Hey, Gary, real quick, can you go over the schedules to what time these kids are announcing or they're signing tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I can. I mean, I'd rather you go on the message board and 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 look at it there. We've got it posted on the board. Um, yeah, I, I thought Henderson was going to periscope at 11:30, but he's going to sign at 12. Yeah, so I mean, you know, rather than be boring everybody by reading off times, why don't you, it, it's at the top of the storm center. Just go on the message board, and you'll you could see it there. All right. Thank you, Gary. Have a great one. You got it. Thank you as always for being part of the show. Okay. All right. Um, five six three nine 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 three six three three is our new call-in number. Five six three nine 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 three six Three three, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Ross, man. Is it? It's Ross. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? A little, a little early. Uh, I was gonna tell you to probably push me down, but I will go ahead and talk, man. I will go ahead and get it out. Um, question for you: Were you scheduled to, to be at anybody's um announcement like you was at um? My riches last year, but you kind of change your mind because of what's going on with these yeah, three we, guys. We, we'll make those final decisions, um, you know, after the show tonight. But you know, right now, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to start the day at American Heritage and go see all those guys there, and um, okay. and then I'm going to probably head over to uh, to Carroll City on my way down to, to uh, Columbus, and um, and then I'm going to probably hit the accelerator on my car and uh, shoot up to Miramar. That's my plan right oh. now. But, we, you know, if, we, if, if something changes and we find out, you know, Edwards is going to Florida or something, obviously, I won't waste my gas. That's what I'm but, saying. I, uh, going, you know, cause I think, you know, usually they give you a little heads up. You, could, you yourself could figure out, okay, you know what, they're not telling me to kind of push it and come down. So that's kind of going to indicate that he's not coming. You know, I'm just trying to. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, we, so, trust me, we've always got those tentacles out there, man. <laughs> We're working all the time. That's what I'm saying. You we'll do a good job of getting on. We'll, we'll be grinding starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll be getting yeah, information. Do a good job. No he did a good job over the years of doing that, and that kind of gave us a good indication that kid might be on committing. Hey, before I even say anything more, man, I just I think I'm going to speak for a lot of people that's listening and calling. I just want to say thank you to the coaches for, for, for getting us into this how we feel just looking forward. In the past years, we was hoping and praying, and we got a couple of guys that was going to come to mind anyway, but we was hoping and praying and wondering why this kid, why we – even though we, we might not get two, maybe three tomorrow, I just want to say thanks to the coach for getting us in this feeling of, like, 
we're moving forward and we're, we're starting to make some inroads. You know, I just want to say thank you to coaches. You know, I think other people are going to share that too. Quick one. Um, you're saying that uh, if we don't get those kids tomorrow, the defensive backs, cornerbacks, you said, okay, we'll just go ahead and put Dallas in that position. No, I don't know now, if they will. They may not. They may not. They may not. I said, but if they, do, know, if they do, do you think if he perform well, we already have about three guys committed. That might deter one or two, maybe one kid whose commitment, knowing that he might not get on the field. No, because I think I think the plan right now is for Dallas to be a receiver. I know, but I'm saying, and I don't know that, that these two kids not coming would make them deviate from that because they're still getting other guys, and and I think that they would go look for a fifth year guy, and a lot will depend on that. But if they get into injury issues or things like that. Um, and they need to move him over to corner for a few months, they would always have that option. That's a little different. I'm just saying if they just made yeah. the switch, it kind of worked out. I'm just nervous about having one of those three guys that's already committed that uh, we know is going to be a play. Don't, don't be nervous. Sleep. Go, get, get a good night's sleep. That's not going to happen. I mean, DJ Dallas, oh, thinks, he play, he thinks he's going to play both ways anyway. That's, how, that's, what, that's, that's the, what type of DNA that kid has. He thinks he's going to be a two-way player. That'd be a plus for us. Hopefully, he could be the Jackson, like the kid from USC. Hopefully, he could be the kid um, that played at Michigan. Hopefully, he could be a kid like him. That's what that would be a plus for us recruiting. I'm gonna but say I'm hopefully. Just, you know, I'm gonna say hopefully you have enough great players that you don't need a, anybody to play both ways. That's what I'm gonna say. But sometimes that's exciting, and sometimes that helps a program. That day, you a, know, we're my it's a, mar- it's a marketing gimmick. The college game is way too physically demanding for a kid to play every down. This is not high school. Okay. Well, you know, there's something to throw on. His legs would be mushed by the third or fourth quarter. You can't do that. Okay. And doesn't mean you can't throw him out there on third down every now and then. If, if, you know, if you're a little light and you need, you need an extra good athlete. But we'll see what happens. I would bet oh, that he, I think he's going to settle in at receiver personally. Well, you line them up out there and you scared a few people, you know, defensive coordinators coming up that's on your schedule that's got to put, you know, got to put them as an option for when we, when we play them. So, you know, he's, he's versatile enough and he should be good enough the way you do that. A couple of things. If the way McFarlane um, treated us, think about what he did the day he made the, the announcement, Gary. He had people watching this thing for two and a half hours. Nobody wants to be a part of people like that anyway. Just think about what he it's, did. That it's day. a total joke. It was, it's ridiculous. You know, you, how do you have – who agreed to that? Is that is, did it, I mean, what, what the, all the, web, the website that's trying to get traffic. That's, I that's know, desperate, um, desperate for people to get on their website. That, research report. That, I said that. that, I, that, I, got, that I got on Twitter. Not only do you get on social networks, but I got on Twitter and I said that. I said, research report is just trying to get some eyes. To their site. That's exactly what they were doing. It, you know, Ridiculous. I can't believe his parents. I can't believe his parents, his, his coaches, and everybody agreed for him to have somebody people following him for two and a half hours and getting on the plane or maybe not getting on the plane. It's just that was nonsense. Nobody. We going forward. We're, we're not trying to play around and trying to get involved with no kids that's doing that anyway. And you, you know, I love the fact that you stepped up and called them weak, man. Because you know, I, I you know, I was getting on here. I was coming on. You know, I get down. I was coming on here calling weak anyway. I was going to call him that, and you went ahead and do it. So, you know, kudos to you on that. I, I, he turned me off just on that, and I'm glad he ain't coming now because I don't want nobody like that around. I don't want no kids like that around. It's, it's, you, you come to South Florida to play ball and get down and get 
and, and be a dog. We don't got no time for games like that. It's stupid. That was stupid, man. So, you know, whatever with him. We're forgetting about the kid, Harris, that plays wide receiver for us that we picked up last year. Why is nobody talking about him being in the rotation? He was in the rotation this year. Why wouldn't he be next no, year? He'll, he'll play. When you talk about kids that's coming back, you'd never mention him. He never comes up. He's going no, to play a role. I mean, He's there. He, I mean, he, he's not he's not an elite player, but he's uh you know he's a roster filler. He'll he'll get some reps. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's gonna that's gonna help us out. You know, those are kids that you know I really you know I, I feel good about that. Is gonna be able to play some ball for us, do some things, and, and we'll be all right. You know, and 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 just a just a touch. And I know everybody want to get on, so I want to touch on them two guys tomorrow. Listen, I I I, I love to get one out of the two. Me personally, I prefer to get Edwards over Anderson because I think Anderson, I think he has his heart set on going to Florida. Remember, I do. It was just, it was just weeks ago, Gary. It was weeks ago when we was all listening to your show and calling in. He he was just. You said if he gets an offer from Florida a month ago, if he gets the offer from Florida, he's gonna he's gonna switch, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So I think out of all the kids, I think he's the one that really really kind of wants to go to Florida. And I think he's probably going to go that way. Edwards, I think we got to go in and try to convince him and, you know, and do some things. Like you said, with, Gary, with Shannon, he's doing his job. But I also want to, you know, and, Gary, you know, you always doubt me a few things and anything. He is bad mouthing the program. I know that for a fact. So if he could, he could do his job all he wants to, but he's saying some stuff about the program. I'm telling you I noticed that he needs to just stop because he was a part of it. This is a guy who, who was on the practice field who coached there, and now he's doing some of these dirty stuff that he's not supposed to be doing. And that's why you hear some of the talk out there about, you know, what are these coaches doing? They, that, that's, that's a little dirty, and I'm a little surprised by it. I'm a little disappointed in Red Shannon, matter of fact. And that's sour grapes. You know, I'm a little you can't you be disappointed. He's, he's, doing, he's doing his job, and he's doing it well. I mean, come yeah, on. But like, you got to be a man, man. You got to be a man. Don't, don't get soft. I'm, the guy is doing his job. I'm saying some of the stuff that he's bringing up is, 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 is nonsense because he, he's getting a little take, – take my word for it, Gary. He's getting a little – That's their ankle. It's recruiting. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get dirty too. And I think the coaches, you know, they, they, they're going to start firing back. My, from my understanding, they're not going to take it laying down. And tomorrow is going to be the start of, you know, not taking it. So, anyway, I just want to throw out the Dallas thing and see what you're thinking. Um, I'm excited about tomorrow. And it was keeping me home, man. And, um, you know, I think I probably got one of my points, but it's all right. I'm enjoying the show. I knew I told a couple of people to listen, too. So I'm not sure if they did or not. But, uh, you know, I know tonight was going to be fire. I know it was going to be crazy. So, um, you know. And we got to hold on to evidence. A lot of people still going to try to pull him away from us tomorrow. Penn State being one of them, Gary. He's, so he, he'll be all right. Him. He's coming to Miami. I hope so. I hope so. Yep. You know, I'm in Jersey, so, you know, I kind of hear some things. Yeah, but, I know. Hey, yeah. Hope he's yeah. locked. Hope no, he's locked. All right, man. Oh, keep going home. Great show. You got keep it. it up. Thanks, as always, All for right. being part of the show. All right. Let's go to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? What you got for us, man? Hey, you know what, Gary? Uh, I was looking uh, on a thread on another website, you know, and, uh, and there was a guy named D-Money. I think he may have called you up a few times if I, if my memory served me correctly but gary he said something that was so profound that i don't we should uh, not spend 
a lot of time, waste a whole lot of time with out-of-state guys at the skill position, particularly the running back, Gary. We should not do that. Well, we just, I, mean, I mean, right to a yeah. point, but there's not a lot of great running backs right now. I mean, this is a this was a sort of down year for running backs in Dade County and and, and even Bradford. Maybe, yeah, Gary, that's that may be the case. But Gary, our bread and butter, the past speaks it very well. You know, with the Clinton Porters, even going back to O.J. Anderson, going back to the guys that are from here are the ones that. You know, we, and we we got burnt, Gary. We got burnt on, on you know. We're, basically, we should have known when to back off on the kicker. Once he once he uh he he decided to pull pull the uh the plug on Wednesday, I knew right then that was pretty much we you know it was a wrap. You know, oh, and, yeah, and no I, doubt. I, I you know and and uh for for him to uh pull that and then Gary, a first year coach, a coach who haven't who just been hired. For him to come on board like that, Gary, I know you don't want to say it, but the Under Armour man, I feel like he was involved somewhere along the way. But hey, that's another story. This is this is recruiting, like you say, be a man. You guys got to step up because dirty dirt come from all angles. So you know, so you you just got to stand and and you know and deal with it. But uh, but but Gary, I just I just feel like from now on, I know you say it was a down year, but Gary, even I don't even mind if we go to Georgia. And we've had some success, maybe with Texas, uh, you know, uh, you know, because Texas do put out pretty good running backs, and even in the Georgia area. But I never was comfortable as far as that that area up in there, because from what our past spoke, we hadn't really gotten anything from that area as far as uh, producing at the skill position as uh, you know, running back, anything like that. But uh, uh, Gary. I like I I I also want to echo what the guys say about saluting the coaches. The coaches have done a, a wonderful job. They really have. They've done a wonderful job and put you just can't help but feel they're gonna two thousand and eighteen is gonna get better and better. And you feel like this momentum, Gary, from that bowl win, it just seemed like we got such momentum that Gary it wouldn't surprise me if we pulled both of those kids tomorrow. Because I just I just feel like we have momentum. We have momentum to move forward. That who's in our sight and those uh, uh, uh you know maybe some of the, some of the guys uh uh, uh would play us like a Devontae Smith. But once again, Gary, it's a head scratcher. Him and Jerry Judy and another five star receiver gonna go to Alabama. Somebody going home, Gary. Somebody gonna go home in a couple. of Couple of years, somebody ain't gonna get the ball thrown to them or the playing time, and they're going and you know, and then the, the SEC they playing a lot of guys down here. They favoring these coaches, Gary. That's another thing around here. That's why that momentum is is going for them, you know. You know, but once again, Gary, get back to saying what we know the game is. It's a dirty game. It's a dirty game. What's your take, Gary? I don't have a take. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. You know, I think it could, could go either way. Yeah, it could. It could go. It could go either way, Gary. It could. It, it could. But uh, like I said, I, I, I feel this. We're moving into a, a new era, and like you, and and having the backup plan, like you say, getting a DB, uh, you know, fifth year guy to bridge it because next year is going to be an explosive year for DBs here in South Florida. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be quite a few guys out there. Patrick Sertan's son and and several other guys, or Al Blaze, and it's gonna it's gonna be a, a loaded year. So 
you 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 want to get what you can get, but at the same time, you know, recruiting always, you know, you're gonna always have that little thing where it hits you in the gut because you are gonna like a player more that you wish would be on your team, but they're gonna disappoint you at that. You know, that's that's the life of recruiting, Gary. Each and every year, it never fails. It happens all the time. And Gary, before I go, I just want to turn to the basketball team, man. What a game the other day with uh, Bruce Brown over North Carolina. And Gary, that speaks such loud, you know, volume for to beat North Carolina anytime, you know, and when it comes to basketball, you know. And uh, but, but tomorrow night, Gary, that Florida State team, they I know they lost the last couple of games, but Leonard Hamilton got a squad, man. They are tall and long and Yeah, this is going to be a – this is a season-shaping game tomorrow night. You know, if, yeah. if they can win, if they can win this game tomorrow night, they I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and, and if, Gary, they, hopefully, if they lose it, they, they I, I think it's going to be tough. They got to win this game tomorrow yeah. night because they got yeah. screwed yeah. in the Notre Dame game, and they got to make up yeah. for it by by they got to win every they got to win tomorrow to go three and zero on this homestand and get themselves on the positive side in in the ACC. Yeah, and Gary, also Larry Nager, he's gonna he's gonna have to get maybe a, a front court guy who's a, a a big a real you know don't get me wrong, Dewan Hill is he's you know he's he's a, he's in a little or he's starting to find himself a little better with each game as he goes next year. Maybe you can suspect you you can expect more things out of him because his body will probably catch up with the league. But right now, you know, Gary, they they do they can. Use a a, a stronger yeah, front court guy. They got caught, forward, bro. You know? They got caught. They thought Huel was coming in and was going to be a dude, and he's not. And 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 that's yeah. left them. That's left them a little light in the front court, and yeah, nothing nothing they can do about it. So you just got to yeah. try to hold court at home, steal a game mm-hmm. or two on the road, finish with a with a winning record in the ACC, and you'll be in the tournament. Yeah. But, Gary, once again, man, it's been a pleasure listening to you throughout the season and can't wait for you to crank it back up again. And uh, I'll be following and in in uh, hopefully I'll run into you at one of the games or, or so. But uh, keep me on hold. And uh, once again, Gary, thank you so much for your service. And no sweat, Jerome. Thank you for being a listener. And uh, we'll we'll crank something up during spring, you know, maybe after the spring game or something. We'll uh, we'll, we'll do like a spring show and uh, talk about okay. spring practice and what we saw. So it won't be too long. But thank okay, you. I'll thank check you. in with you. But keep me on hold. You got it. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? What's going on, man? Just cranking away here. How you doing? Who's this? I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for a good season of just kind of keeping us posted on what's going on with our Hurricanes football team. A couple of things. I'm going to be brief because I know a lot of people is trying to get in on the show. Um, I hope we get both of those guys, uh, Henderson and uh, Edwards. I mean, what I'm really looking at is not so much next year, but I'm looking at 2018 when we got to play LSU the first game of the season. We need to have some dudes on the field. We need to have some athletes. We need to have that speed. And so uh, what I can't seem to understand is, how these kids can just kind of jerk us around and the coaches not so much have a plan for that. And um, what do you think about that? Well, how are you supposed to have a plan when a kid says he's coming? Coach, I'm coming. Hold, you know, give me that spot. And it's a week before signing day. Like, what do you, like, what plan? Like, listen, they always have plans. There's always fifth-year guys, 
better, you know, having their coaches call and say, hey, I might be interested in transferring and things like that. There's always a backup plan. But this late in the game, it's not like you're going to go out there and, and pull a five-star or something. Like, you know, you, you, you commit to recruiting certain kids. You grind it out. You, you take your best shot. And, you know, you hope you win the the greater percentage of your battles. And you're not going to win everyone. You're not going to be yeah. win on every kid. But, you know, the thing I can say this year is we finished the season off strong. Uh, definitely momentum going into next year. I trust this coaching staff in regards to having an overall vision on what we need to do. There's a couple of things I wanted to kind of point out that you kind of touched upon as far as the last coaching cast staff getting kids that we just reached upon. I remember that year when we got the, the offensive tackle from Tallahassee, the one from Pennsylvania. You know, a lot of those guys that pan out, and they really didn't serve us well, and they really contributed to the overall debt problem that we have, like, right now. No you doubt. Know, but I think the, the five guys we brought into the program right now, even if you get two starters or two contributors for next year, but you're able to put three on the shelf, they can serve you well. That 2018 game when we take LA, take on LSU, first game of the season. That's what I'm looking at because that's when we, I really believe that, you know, we can officially get there. The other thing I want to point out is you hadn't really said anything about the walk-on wide receiver, that few kids. You hadn't said much about him. You hadn't talked about him at all. I don't know if you – No, I can't. I don't, about I don't have anything to say about that. Computer or – no, I just don't really have any opinions on on that at all. I mean, I don't, I don't have any any frame of of reference on that. You know. Okay. Um, I know we gave up on recruiting Pouncey. I really don't understand exactly why, uh, unless we're just completely convinced that we're going to get Thomas and Harley. But even if so, I don't know why we gave up on Pouncey. Unless I think they think they're getting Thomas and Harley, and I think what, for whatever reason, Pouncey didn't rub them the right way. And I'll tell you, okay. he didn't rub me the right way either because when we're reporting on him and he's telling us that he's taking his time and every school's just going to have to hold the spot for him, I mean, come on. You know, when I hear that, I'm like, you know, come on. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, come on, dude. Yeah. Now you're, you're, like, you're like a high school receiver – you know, your basic three-star high school receiver. You're not, like, God's gift to yeah. football or anything. I mean, it's like you're seriously thinking every school is just supposed to hold the spot for you. I'm thinking you better decide where you want to go, and you better tell your school and, and try and hope they, they, they'll take you. <laughs> yeah, honor you. Gary, Gary, you talked about uh, this year not having an elite running back class. When I look at Florida State, they got – a five-star running back and two four-star running backs, and the two four-star running backs are from the state of Florida. So, yep. you, you want to know? The, what, I, you want to know what the difference is? They have the nothing at running back. They have nothing. Huh? That, that Jacquez Patrick kid is not the answer. Um, what a, they have great. Op- they're they're an elite right football team that has a great opportunity at running back, and 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 that's why you know that's their situation. What happened to the Rasul kid that was committed to us? They ended up going to Florida State. That was real fast. What happened to him? I don't know. You just, the point I'm trying to make is you said it was just, this year wasn't a good running back class, but they got two four-star running backs and a five-star that's already in school. So Yeah, the I guy, really the guy that, I watched out for is that Cam Akers kid. He's a good player. Yeah. 
but but I guess the point I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, to put all our eggs in the basket on McFarland when we could have recruited that ATN kid out of Louisiana. I mean, I just kind of felt like I don't want to say we were slow at the wheel, but you know, next year I, I think if we burned. have a nine. Listen, it happened. They, listen, they got burned. Okay, Thomas yeah. Brown had a relationship with this kid and his family for two years. They recruited the kid to Georgia. When he came to Miami, they, you know, he he said that he was going to come. That he committed back in October. They got burned. Right. They, you know, they had no reason to believe the kid was lying to them. I mean, they you're talking about having a relationship for almost two years. You yeah. know, there was no reason, no reason to believe it. And I'll tell you, I okay. heard Thomas Brown went there and just reamed those people. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but but he took a trip up there the day after McFarland uh, pulled that switcheroos and um, and didn't commit. And I heard Coach Brown let him have it. Now I don't know if, like I said, that's unconfirmed. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's true or not. I don't doubt it because he had to be so mad. I mean, can you imagine how mad Thomas Brown was about that deal? All the trips to Maryland, all the phone calls, all the butt kissing and everything that these poor coaches got to do to land these kids. And then the kids filmed the video that he's coming to your school and then get get soft and weak in caves the minute the coaches at Maryland put put a little heat on him. I mean, I, God, I can only I can only imagine how angry he was. Yeah, I appreciate that, Gary. If you if you could just tell me, um, hopefully you'd be telling me some good. We get some good news that we end up getting Edwards and Henderson. They don't need to leave us at the altar. They need to come on and be hurricanes. But if you could talk a little bit about, and you could just put me on hold. When you look at our football team next year, based upon the recruits that we have and you anticipate us having, where do you see our holes are for next year in regards to if we're thinking about a fifth year transfer? What would, you know, what would we need just to kind of, you know, because I expect us to be in the ACC championship game next year. I think the schedule is well, favorable. I, slow down. That makes, they could. Okay. I agree. They could. And they they could, but you're going to have a, a, a quarterback that's never played a down. Okay. okay. you got to go to Tallahassee and against a pretty good team with a quarterback that's never played a down. And he's, you know, his experience is going to be Bethune Cookman and uh, what Arkansas State. You know, that's not going yeah. to be easy. That's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but holes, I would say, inexperienced at quarterback, lack of depth at running back, lack of quality and depth at offensive line, um, a little light at receiver depth, but I think they'll be okay there. Um, defensive lines in good shape. I think you got to feel good about the linebackers with those all those guys coming back. Um, cornerback, I think is a, is a, is an issue, is a little bit of an issue, and I think safety is a little bit of an issue. I think this question: Can Jaquan Johnson hold up as an every down safety? Um, I don't. You know, I think that has to be proven. Who's going to play on the other side with him? What happens now? A cornerback. You know, you just lost Corn Elder and Colbert. Um, you know, now you're asking Malik Young to to play a lot more and and take it to a whole nother level. You're counting on guys like Redwine and or maybe you know guys that are coming in like this Dean or whatever. You just don't know. You know, there's there's uncertainty there. 
So that would okay. be about it. So, oh, and let's not uh, minimize. Let's not minimize the punter that you got to replace. Yeah. Because that guy yeah. was a hidden weapon. That guy yeah, is going to have a long career in the National Football League. Yeah, he he was. I asked you the, I asked you those questions because if recruiting day pans out the way I hope it pans out, um, even if we if we land Edwards and Henderson, or if we don't, I'm trying to figure out where can we get one or two graduate transfers that are really solved that for us. I think if we get that die kid from Clemson, that definitely helps us out really on that particular end. And if we can get one person in the secondary, whether yep. it be a safety or you're in corner, good shape. And maybe an offensive line, maybe an offensive lineman who's played some football. That's what I think. Like, like a like a guard or attack because we don't know yeah. how a dog will, is going to come. Just one out. more guy don't that, that, that's played some dog. football who who can help your depth situation. Okay. Because of all the recruiting mistakes you made in past years. I got you. Well, Gary, man, I just want to thank you for a good season. I've enjoyed calling in on the show. You've done a tremendous job. Just keep me on hold, but before you leave, give me one surprise that'll just make a bunch of Canes fan happy for tomorrow, and then just keep me on hold. Just just one surprise that we yeah, can get. There's no surprise. I mean, I could sit here and say C.J. Henderson decides to come to Miami if that qualifies, but I mean, yeah. there's really not a lot of surprises out there that we know of. I was you know, the class, tell me that class is pretty locked up and sealed up, you know? I was he was going to tell me that Smith kid was going to shun Alabama and sign with Miami and just shot. No, that's not happening. In fact, I think he was playing everybody for months. I, um, I think he was locked into Alabama a few months ago, and somebody actually told me he was that I should have trusted when he told me it. And um, you know, I, I the way it played out at the end, I, it's obvious. I mean, he's been locked up to Alabama I, for months. The reason why I asked you that question is because Alabama has twenty five commits. And I just don't know how every single year they ha- they they have twenty five, twenty eight scholarships every single year. You I know, know I don't understand. We'll go because they the turn camp. kids just... loose. They, you know, kids end up transferring from there. Do you know they signed the number one quarterback in the country? I think three straight years, and none of them ever yeah. step step foot on the field, and they're all going to end up transferring out of there. That's yep. how ridiculous that. That's how ridiculous it is at that program right now. Yeah. You, know? you know what? It won't be too long before the Hurricanes are there. So, hey, Clemson beat them. Yeah. Now you just got to get as good That's, as Clemson, right? I, I'm so happy about that. And I, as an Alabama fan, I tell them all the time. I, just, I, I the thing I share with him is I'm just so happy and I'm so glad by the way y'all lost. <laughs> I'm just happy yeah. how the y'all lost. <laughs> well, they would do. It's hard to win back to back years. You know, we learned that here. Very, very hard. Yeah. There's always something that yeah, happens. But, Don't get a break. But, you know. so take a look at this here, and this is the point I want to make, and I'm, I'm going to get off, is they've lost Cristobal, they've lost Napier, so those plug-ins to the state of Florida ain't there. they got to rebuild all those connections. So, you know, some of that elite talent may not be running up to Tuscaloosa, you know. Um, Nothing lasts gotta, forever, gotta... man. Nothing lasts forever, but that guy can hire good people. So yeah, I don't he think sure. he'll be struggling too much. All right, keep me on hold, Gary. I appreciate it, man. did a great job this year. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? It's Uki 08. What's up, Uki? What you got, man? Man, you know, 
been listening to everybody comment. You know, a lot, a lot of people think I'm a doomer and think that, you know, I'm not a real Kings fan and all I have nothing but negativity. But, you know, I have my opinion about recruiting, and and, and then it's my opinion. doesn't mean I don't love my Kings. doesn't mean I don't want to see them succeed. But I think that we make too many excuses for why we lose so many recruiting battles or why so many crooks are not coming to Miami instead of holding our coaches accountable and doing their job. Not saying that they're not trying hard, but, I mean, there's a reason why Al Gold is not here and Mark Rick is. And my whole thing is, if we end up losing these two kids, supposedly that's it's supposed to be a Florida Miami battle to to um to McElwain, To me, that's you know what I'm saying. That's 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 on that's on Mark Rick. You know what I mean? This I, I just I don't. This is my whole thing. And you can you can make all excuses. You people talk about the money being paid to these players or whatever excuse you want to make it. You go look at what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia. And people want to talk about, well, Georgia did this the last few years, and Miami doesn't, hasn't done this and this for years. But let's just let's, let's cut let's, let's cut the crap. Miami's not FIU. Miami's not FAU. No Miami hasn't played in a major bowl game in years. No, no Miami hasn't really won team games. And it's still Miami, though. still tradition. It's still put players in the league. It's still the That's why, Uki, even when you're, you're still, struggling. It's, it's, no, listen to me. Listen to me. You still get, you get, still get played on prime time every year. Yeah. I mean, right now they're the number 12-ranked recruiting class in the country in a year where they've struggled and they lost McFarland and possibly Henderson and possibly Edwards. Yeah, but my whole thing is this, you know what I mean? So it shouldn't be hard to sell Miami. It shouldn't be hard to sell Miami at all. So my whole thing is either you can sell the vision to your team or to the to recruits or they can't. These recruits are tired of treating us like we jokes, man. They're here treating like we like we like we FIU, making these making these ridiculous videos and explaining the coaches. Yeah, I feel bad for the coaches, but at the same time, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are these coaches that are doing less than what these coaches are doing at Maryland? I don't even know who the hell it is, is the head coach at Maryland. That's that's what's so embarrassing about it. That's what's so embarrassing it's not about. And people want to talk about oh we shouldn't go out state and get no more skilled players when when these local recruits are spunning us every day. You know what I'm saying? What well, these yeah. local recruits are doing the, doing the same thing too that these out of state kids are doing. So what's the difference? Would you want to start recruiting local recruits too? That don't make no sense. You know, you, the coaches got to start doing their job. They got they got to start selling the vision better. They got to start selling Miami better. It's not about education. Well, it's not about who got. Who, here, who got here's the what's coming out of Miami football headquarters this evening. Um, the football operations office. This is a, a tweet. I take our cornerback coach over yours. Coach Rumpf played Division One at Miami. Check. First team all-conference. Check. Won a national championship. Check. First round selection, 49ers. Check. <laughs> so the fight is on here late at night as we wind down towards signing day tomorrow. I love it. It's great. Hey, hey, I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. But at the end of the day, man, I just think that all these people that's crying about Randy Shannon, dirty, you know, talking bad about the program, this is recruiting. This is the trenches. You know what I'm saying? If we, we got to step it up. You know what I'm saying? I ain't crying. I ain't, he's like to say, he's, 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 he's doing his job. He's doing, he's, think about it, Uke. He's doing his job. He's Uke, doing his yeah. job. What's he going to say to these kids? He went to Miami. He, he was a head yeah. coach at Miami. You know, he's a Miami guy. He can't knock the city. He can't knock the school. What's he going to knock? Of course. He, the he coaching staff. He goes knock the coaching staff. The DB coach. You got inexperienced DB coaches. 
They've never developed anybody. Why would you put your great, promising career? You want to play in the NFL, right, CJ? Right, Brian? Why would you put your promising career in the hands of these coaches? Like, that's all he can do. Exactly. And that's he why it's such a, this, year, this, this, this year is such a critical condition, critical um, critical season for these certain coaches that haven't really don't have the resume of showing that I put this play in the league. Other than, like, Coach Cole, you know what I'm saying, that's the only person that can have a real NFL resume of putting players in the league. So all these other coaches, they're going to have to step their game up this year. They're going to have to start, the, you know what I'm saying, developing and get some guys in the league. you got to going, win, man. You gotta, gotta put up some level. You gotta win. Because if anything, you gotta prove you can do it. Because because we the same this our the games that we won last year were the same exact games the previous day I won. Only thing is we won our we won our bowl game against the overrated West Virginia team. I'm not taking it from them. I'm not taking it from them. We, we, at least we finally won the bowl game. But at the same time, at the same time, we haven't done anything different to the last previous day I did, other than to win that bowl game. So my whole thing is that you know what I'm saying like. Yeah, everybody's whole, everybody wants to be like, well, it's different now because of Mark Rick. What has Mark Rick proven to you? He just got ran out down at the ACC by Florida's current joke of a coach. And to me, he is a joke of a coach. He's not even going to be in Florida that much longer. So my whole thing is that, you know, like right now, I'm not too impressed by Mark Rick at all. So, I mean, I, 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 I like to see some results, you know what I'm saying, whether if it's not going to be on the coaching and recruiting, I at least like to see him on the field. And beating Pitt and UNC and UVA doesn't impress me. I want to see some, you know, I want to see some big time wins. And hey, you can make excuses for starting a new quarterback or whoever you want to, whatever you want to make. You got to get it done. There's a lot of quarterbacks. There's a lot of coaches out there playing first year quarterbacks and they're getting it done. So why, why are we no different? I, I, I don't, I don't see why. But um, that's all I wanted to say. You know, what I'm saying I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Hopefully, we get some surprises. Hey, and we look forward to a better season next year. All right, Uki. Thanks as always for being part of the show, man. Go and go and go easy on everybody on the message board. All right. All right. Let's go to the two four zero. You're live on. Well, wait. I'm trying to get you live. Yeah, you're live on King's Row. What's going on, man? What's going on? No much. This is D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this evening? I'm good, man. I'm good. I got a, I got a few things, so bear with me. So bear with me. Like I, like I told you about the Anthony McFarlane thing, I knew that was going to go down like that. But to call the children in this area soft, that's, 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 that's totally false. Because Are you from Maryland? You remember. No, I'm not from Maryland. I'm from the tri-state area, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. But I live in this area. I didn't area. say Connecticut, so I New York, New Jersey. I said Maryland. No, I, I, listen, no, listen, I'm not from Maryland, but I live in Maryland. So I see the football players that are here. And if you remember a couple of years ago, the mighty Central team came up here and DeMatha beat their tail. <laughs> DeMatha beat, beat the brakes off of Central. He black. This DeMatha kid caved, man. He wilted. He wilted. They got him in a corner in a restaurant I, I, and he caved. Gary, Gary, I, I, look, I understand That's that soft. he caved. He, That's no, soft. He caved. It's very soft. I said, I, I'm not doubting that he's soft, but I can't put that on every other player in this area because Cam Phillips, who also went to DeMatha, is balling out for Virginia Tech. He's a starting receiver. Um, uh, what's his name? The cornerback from the cornerback that's going that's going to go first round in Florida, Jalen Tabor. He's from Friendship. That's right out. That's in D.C. Joe Hayden is from this area. So, 
look, Anthony Fowler, he's soft. He's a mama's boy. He's a, you know, what, what he pulled, what he pulled was, was a straight sucker move. You, you, ain't, you ain't, look, you ain't gonna get no arguments out of me with that, Gary. That was dead wrong. He was with, they had a, a, a relationship for two years. Yeah, Coach Brown should have went up there and ripped his mother and his father for that. If he did, good. I'm applauding him for that because he should have. Because that's a lot of time wasted that and time invested that he had in that young man. Yeah, he was real soft. I'm not going to argue with that. But to say every, every, every player in this area is soft, no, that's, 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 that's an understatement. All right, not admit, every player, to, but most of them. How about most right. of them? No, no not most, because you had the Quadro brothers that went to Alabama and was balling. Not in the league balling. I'll give you some of them. I'll give you some of them. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Now, moving, <laughs> moving on to my next point. Look, I'm all man. I'm all man. If, if, if anything I'm going to pass with a test, I'm going to get an A on as, as a manhood test. Now, if Randy Shannon comes into my living room, say my son is playing DB, and he comes into my living room, and he's selling Florida. Cool, you're selling Florida. And he's selling himself as an established D coordinator. Yes, I know your history. I'm a University of Miami fan since 85, 84. Yes, I know the history. You know, I know your history also. But as soon as he makes a comment negative, negatively about the university that you graduated from, that you coached at, that you played for, and about a player, which is a coach now, that you coached, hey, I appreciate you flying up here, but the meeting is now over because you're here to sell your product. You're not here to, to discredit or talk about another school. I want to know about your product. Tell me about your product. If I come to you, Gary, and I'm selling you, you know, if I'm selling you, if I'm selling you peanuts, why should you buy my peanuts instead of this person's peanuts? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dog that person's peanuts. I'm just gonna sell the hell out of my peanuts to you. And what Randy Shannon did, and he, Randy Shannon knows the rule because we all grew up in those neighborhoods that he came from. I came from the same neighborhood, and some of these other. People on this, on this, on this, on, on your calls today come from the neighborhood. We call that a sucker move. That's like you and I, Gary. We see a nice young lady. We both like her. I talk, I go step to her, and I spit my game. I be, I be honest to myself, and just be, be who I am. Did you? I'm not gonna use you. Say my man Kane Kane. He goes and talk to her, and instead of him. Trying to be the best Kane Kane, he's down in D Black to her. Oh, you don't want to deal with D Black because he got a whole bunch of other girls on, on his line. So if you if he, if he don't get you, he ain't worried about it. That's a, that's what Randy Shannon did when he was when he's talking about Mike Rock. That's what he did, and he's established. He doesn't have to do that, Gary. That's all I'm saying. I'm like he shouldn't have to do that. But yo, you are established D coordinator. Your resume speaks for itself. So do that and let the children, those players, base their decision on, okay, damn. You know what? Coach Shane, the resume is second to none. Back. Let me throw something in here. Think about, you know, how – what it's like for Randy Shannon to do that. Like, he has a job to do, okay? His job is to recruit the best players he can recruit to the University of Florida. That's who's paying him. He's their right? defensive coordinator. But think about – what it's like for him deep down 
to be dissing Mike Rump to try to land the kid. That's rough, man. It is rough. And you know why? And if it's so rough, then you shouldn't do it. Because regardless if you're not, regardless if you're not at University of Miami, what do they always say, Gary? Once a cane, always a cane. And you shouldn't have to, part of my friend, shit on another cane that you coached. You coached this young man. You might recruited this, help recruit this well, young man. If you didn't recruit the, him, the alternative you is not him. getting Brian Edwards or C.J. Henderson. <laughs> so we'll, hey, we'll see what look, happens tomorrow. But that was the alternative hey, you, right. he was looking at. Because last week, you, both I those mean, kids were from Miami. And, and you know what? And, 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 and I understand the situation that he's in. But at the end of the day, Gary, like when you met your wife, you didn't care about nobody. Oh, I feel like this. I was talking to Kane Kane today. I was talking to Kane Kane today, right? And I said, look, that's like if I go out on a date with 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 a, uh, with a woman, I don't want to hear about no other man. Why do you think I, I you think I want to hear about some other guy while I'm out on a date with you? Hell no, the date is over. So if this man comes into my house and he's bad bad mouthing a school that you help put on the map and help bring him to prominence and you bad mouth for them. You think I want to hear that? Sorry, but the visit's over. And that's where I hold a lot of these parents accountable because a lot of these parents need to wake up. We talk about the same shit. I'm excuse me, excuse my friend. The same thing that it, uh, the McFarland parents did was dead wrong. Same thing these South Florida parents do. South Florida divas, and you've been calling them that for years, Gary. Bunch of divas. You know what I'm saying? Always holding Miami by by the by the cojones. Like yo, you gotta have, and if you have, if you have a father that's in the house, like yo, I pray to God that my sons are, that they are in that position where big time coaches will come and sit in front of us and sell your product. If you ain't selling your, if you gotta sell your product by down talking another team, I'm sorry, the business over. Yo, get out my house. I don't need you to come in here and and and, and talk negatively about another school just to get me and my sons to be on board with you. Nah, that's that 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 sucker stuff right there. You be a man. Come in and you and you you stamp the table for your program. This is why you should come to University of Florida. This is why you should come to Tennessee. Well, this is why you should come to Alabama. This is why you should come to Miami. Okay, cool. You didn't mention no other school. You gave it to me straight. Why I should come to your school? Now you gave me something to think about. Me and my son, me and my sons, we're thinking about it. We're talking over this, that, and the third. But also, if my sons ever say, Daddy, this is where I want to go, Miami is where I want to be, I, you, once you commit, whether it's early, that's it. We ain't going back on that. We ain't, we're not going back on that. We ain't all uh, – trust me, we're going to take all five of those visits and eat up all their free food. We're going to get all their free food. But at the end of the day, we're going to let coaches know, look, I'm committed to Miami. This is where I'm going. But I still come visit your school, but this is where I'm going. Just like Keller Winslow, where he said he's going to Washington. What does father say on national TV? You ain't going to Washington. You're going to Miami. That's, what the, that's the presence of a man, Gary. Not I'm with guy. you, D-Black. You might have – and you got, you got some men, but they ain't men. They males because they, they, they want to play this recruiting game because they, have, they never got recruited. So they living vicariously through their sons, and they're making, they're making bad decisions for their children. Like, yo, man, like two years? Like, I've been recruiting this cat for two years. 
and then you turn around and you give it to me wrong? Like, no. Thomas Brown should have went up there and been living. But they got to stop playing this game. The parents got to stop being the adults and control this recruiting things, recruiting situation. If your child makes a, a pledge to the University of Miami, then you ain't, they need to hold them to it. You didn't, you're not going to backdoor. You're not going to backdoor the University of Miami. You're not going to do them dirty. Stick to your commitment. Be a man about this. Because you're eventually a manhood. And one thing about a man, only thing you've got in this world is your word. And we've been getting, we've been, they've been doing this like this for years, Gary. But I hope one of the two come. I really do. But if they don't, so be it. I feel we'll be fine. We'll, we'll get a couple, couple next cycle in 2018. But Coach Shannon, I wonder what Jimmy Johnson thinks about that. Yeah. I want to Jimmy Johnson. Right, Black, hey, let me say, cut. Let me cut you off here because you're getting long winded on us, and this board I got in front of me is exploding with people that want to get on. Hey, that's cool, but it, I, but I, I just I'm gonna say what's up to uh, Charles and Kane Kane. I'm sorry I was a little long winded, fellas, but yo, I was long winded, but I was strong as hell tonight, Gary. You, I agree. I'm as always. Tomorrow, as always. tomorrow brings a new day and a, a lovely day in Kane Nation. Keep me on hold, Gary. All right, D Black. Thanks as always for being part of the show. Let's go to the nine oh four. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, what's going on, man? It's Antoine from Jacksonville. How you doing, man? What's up, Antoine? I had to make sure you had a chance to speak, man. D Black, man. He gets on a uh, roll. Hey man. No, no, he man. He was heat, speaking man. the truth. I can't I can't lie to you, man. He was speaking the truth, man. There was a lot of a lot of foul stuff going on up there in Gainesville and, and, and as a man, he 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 right. You you can't you don't do that, man. I mean, it's just something that you don't engage in. It's a lot of stuff that we could we could negative recruit about Florida and say, well, uh, well, is Mackleton? Uh, yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't call it negative years? recruiting, though. Wait, let me stop you for a minute. I wouldn't call it negative recruiting saying my my coaches are better than your coaches. That's not negative recruiting. That's like trying to sell what you got. I mean, and I mean, I'm just like Miami. I'm sure believes their coaches are better than Florida's. I would be disappointed. Yeah, but- if you, at, if you look at the, 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 the coach, if you look at the coach at Florida, is he a better coach than Mike Rump? Other than he just was been coaching for a few years, but is he a better coach? Would he be more qualified to say, "Hey, I played in the NFL. I was a first round draft pick. I was on a national championship team. Like, I I've been playing corner my whole life. I can teach you how to play corner at the highest level. I've done it at the highest level." Can the to- dude Torian Gray tell you that? Can he say he strapped them on and put them on in the NFL? No, he can't say that. He can't say he lined up against the the, the, the random bosses of the world because he ain't never seen that. He might have coached a few kids at, at Virginia Tech, but he ain't never lined up against the best in the world like Mike Rump has. I'm going to leave that at that. Okay. Now, um, what I want to tell you is, man, I like the fact that we – I think we're going to get this kid from uh, St. Louis, uh, this uh, – this kid, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his Thomas? But I don't. I think you. I think you need to stop trying to focus on how big a receiver is, as far as them playing outside and being an every down receiver. Man, it's when you say a big cornerback jams a receiver. That's something that happens in a college game. But at the same time, there's ways to get around that. All you got to do is put the receiver in motion or stack the receivers. You can't jam the receiver when you do that. So at that point, the advantage of your bigger DB goes in the win. And at that point, we know he can't run with this kid that run 4-3 electronically timed. It ain't many kids that run 4-3 electronically timed. And I'm going to say that to say he, gonna, he can get off the jam 
if you know how to run your offense. And I'm sure Mark Rick know how to run his offense to get a kid off a of jam if you want to. Now, here's the other side of that. Now, you know as well as I do, when you jamming a receiver at the line of scrimmage, you say you've been watching football for 30 years, 30 years of experience. If you jamming a kid that runs 2-4-3 at the line of scrimmage and you miss your jam and he beats you, it's over because you ain't catching him. Ain't no DB in college football going to run this kid down from behind. So once, once you miss that jam, once, you, once he fake you or you miss, it's over. So that goes both ways. Yeah, you can jam him, but I've been watching college football a long time, and you've been watching Miami. How many times you watch a Miami, a Miami cornerback miss a jam on a kid that run 4-5? It's over with a kid that run 4-5. You know it's over with a kid that run 4-3. But I like the fact that we add no. Um, I'm gonna move on to the fact that I like the fact that we adding a, a lot of a lot of uh, infusion of speed. I think we're gonna get C.J. Henderson. Um, that's a true four three kid. Dean is a true four three kid. The kid Thomas is a true four three kid. It ain't a program in the country that can say we added three electronically timed four three kids in one class. That's speed. That's speed that you need to get to the next level. But I know we got a lot of. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna get off of it. Um, I know we got a lot of kids coming next year, but we need to try to start getting recruits. And if we, we can't miss on CJ and Edwards at the same time this year and say it's okay, it's not okay. It's not okay because of the fact that if you want to be an elite college team, you have to get players every – you can't say I'm going to get five guys or four guys in one cycle. you got to get kids every cycle. The, 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 the Javante Dean is the perfect example of what, what, how we should feel about Chris Henderson going to Florida. Alabama don't want Javante Dean, a true 4-3 kid, because they recruit well enough through their years to get the depth that they need. They don't need a junior college player. That's where we need to get if we want to be a top college football program again. We don't need to be bringing in Juco, plus, or Juco guys or transfers every year. We need to build through – we need to build through – recruiting guys and training them up in our system. Like I said, Alabama didn't want it because they doing it the way, and I, I don't even like Alabama. I can't stand them. But if they, they've been a predominant program for the last five to ten years. So if they doing it that way, that's how we should be doing it. We should be trying to get these free agents like, and saying everything cool. So I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm, I said my piece. Um, and, and like I said, I hope we get, you know, I hope we get everybody that we need. I, I want I Edwards. Um, because he's long, and I think he could be a, a good cornerback or free safety down the line. But, I mean, if we don't get him, we don't get him. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something to keep your eye on, and I'm, I'm going to get off the call. Uh, DJ Dallas played quarterback. Even though it's at high school level, it's not a high, high level of quarterbacking. He understands what a quarterback is thinking because he played quarterback. You know, he's basically an athlete. He's played a little quarterback. That's the kid I want to see at free safety. You know why? Because he kind of has, he has instincts. He's going to have an instinct for what a quarterback wants to go with the football. That's the guy we need to try. I know they may not do it. They may try to try the cornerback or receiver. But that's the kid you put at free safety and let him, let him figure out what's going on because the free safety is the quarterback of the defense. If you got an ex-quarterback playing quarterback of the defense with, 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 with good speed and instincts, that's the kid you need back there. Um, y'all have a good night. I think we'll have a good day tomorrow, no matter what happens. But I think we need to sign these kids. And um, I'm, you have a good one here. Go Canes. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. In the meantime, 
The war is on this evening on Twitter. <laughs> and let me tell you something. While you're listening to the show, I encourage everybody to go check this out. The, the coaches have all these former players. From, you get, you got the. It's a Miami-Florida war going on right now on Twitter, and it's just tweet after tweet after tweet. You got Florida players saying either you're a Gator or Gator bait. First decision I made as a man was to become a Gator. Um, we all make good decisions and bad decisions in life. Becoming a Florida Gator was one of the best. It don't get better than this. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then you come over to the Miami side. And you've got Adrian Colbert posting a picture of himself and Mike Rumpf. Um, you know, basically saying that this old man going to get you right. And I can assume I can assure you of that. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. We've got the, you know, I think that this must be Randall Hill saying, if kids understood the history of Miami Hurricane football, how prestigious it is to be a hurricane, it would be an easy decision. And uh, it's just tweet after tweet after tweet. I'm on Richards, best decision I've ever made. Um, you know, come play for the U. Uh, I mean, it's 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 wild. It's it's it's, it's exciting. It's the night before signing day. This is it, the home stretch, months of work, and everyone's putting it out to try to get C.J. Henderson and Brian Edwards. And uh, I don't know, man. If they come to Miami, I hope they're worth all the fuss. You know, we'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, no matter where they go, I hope it's worth all the fuss because it's a lot of fuss right now here on the night before signing day. But, guys, tomorrow's signing day. Got a lot of school visits to make tomorrow, so I'm going to want to look my best. And that means I'm going to wake up bright and early, usually get up on signing day about 5.30, and go into my bathroom, and, and, and i got to shave. And that means i got to pull out those great razors that I get from Harry's. And I've been telling you about them all football season. Um, you, you know how great I feel that Harry's is and um, how their shaving products have taken the shaving experience for me to a whole new level well, for decades, one big razor company after the other has relentlessly kept increasing their prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. And they knew that there was only one way to ensure quality. So they went to Germany and where they had all that great equipment and stuff, and they bought their own factory. And they manufacture their own razors. And that's why that they can charge just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more that we all grew accustomed to paying in the drugstore when we used to have to walk in and get the clerk to unlock the case. Because you know why I've been telling you. People try to steal their blades because they're so expensive and overpriced. Well, Harry's razors include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. They have weighted ergonomic handles, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. They have rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. And Harry's is so confident in the quality of their products and their blades that they want all the Canes fans in America to have the same experience that myself and so many listeners of Canes Sport Live are having every day. And they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. All you got to do is cover the shipping when you sign up. And as a special offer, 
for listeners of Kane Sport Live. You can go to harrys.com right now. You enter the code Canes at checkout, and they will even give you some post-shave bomb for free. So that's harrys.com, code Canes. Go there right now. Get your free bomb. Get your starter set. You just pay for shipping. And begin to experience what so many of us guys have over the past two years that Harry's has been with Kane Sport Live. And that's how great it is to shave with Harry's products and save all that money at the same time. That's harrys.com, code Canes. All right, let's move on. We've got about 35 minutes or so of show left here. So still time for people to get on, but the, the, the board's pretty packed in. So I would appreciate it from this point on if you kept your comments nice and tight and precise. I got all these questions from the fans I haven't gotten to. Um, we just man, we could probably do a show for about five hours tonight. But let's try to keep everything tight. Let's get as many people on as we can. And let's go now to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Swagger for life, man. How's the recruiting season treating you? Oh, man, we've been grinding, grinding, grinding. <laughs> I think Matt's in bed though. He's he, 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 he's I think he's worn out. Who's, who's that, Matt? Matt Shodell, yeah. I mean, it, it's been crazy. Been, I mean, look, see, been, have you seen how many stories we've had on the website in the last week? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's been insane. I think we've had over a hundred stories on recruiting in the last week. Well. You guys have done a good job, man. Appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing this time of year. Uh, what I like to call silly season, uh, a little bit. But anyway, I'll bite on that. Uh, taking a look at tomorrow logically. I mean, what is literally the projected starting lineup coming back for the Hurricanes secondary next year? You got Malik Young, you got Jaquan Johnson, you got. An empty spot at the other safety spot because the other guys are gone, which will probably get taken over by Amari Carter and uh, or Derek Smith, who I think is really an unsung hero in the class. I think I think the kid's gonna be a stud. And then if Javante Dean signs tomorrow, more than likely, I mean that's your starting four coming in. Now, I understand everybody wants depth, but when you look at the 2018 class and just how stacked it is. Why all the the worry about Edwards and Henderson? I've heard comments uh, from people saying, you know, well, we need depth and we want to get back to getting everybody. Uh, but when you can add a graduate transfer filler, similar to what we did last year, Colbert worked out pretty good, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course you want to get them for bragging rights or whatever they're talking about on Twitter. But, I mean, my question is, you know, you got Ivy, Joe, Frierson, Sertan, uh, Blades, you're looking at, and then on and on next year. So what's the big deal? I mean, yeah, that's what I was saying. They're not going to shut down the program if these two kids go to Florida. Yeah, they're going to have to, I mean, have to they'll, they'll have to go to plan B, you know, probably bring in a fifth-year kid to bridge the gap. But like you said, there's a lot of DBs next year. So they'll be okay. I mean, I, can is, sign everybody. Only, I guess the question is, 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 is Edwards or Henderson good enough to walk on the field next year and start as a true freshman, either one of them? I guess that no. would be the question. Absolutely not. I don't think. 
Okay, well, I think they that... I think they help you on special teams next year, both of them. Right. Okay, well, uh, if, if 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 that's the case, I mean, you know, people talking about the biggest question mark. We have, to me, the biggest question mark we have is the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, no doubt that right now is the biggest question mark on the team. Yeah, until somebody um, proves themselves. Yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest the biggest signees tomorrow, because I think Richards and Herndon need some help, and I know Cage is coming back, but he's unproven. It's going to be Jeff Thomas getting that kid, getting Mike Harley in here, and you know I know we've missed on Smith and Pouncey, whatever, but I think those are the two biggest signees tomorrow are going to be those two kids because I think the receiving core needs some help. We need some playmakers for whoever the new QB is going to be next year. And uh, to me, the biggest mystery on the list of recruits that I see is this Robert Burns kid who hasn't played since he's a sophomore. Is that right? Yeah. Or am I wrong? No, you're right. I mean, he hasn't played in, in what, three years. So, I mean, that, that to me is kind of the biggest, the biggest question mark on the, on the list, but I think the coaches have done a heck of a job, uh, you know, considering, you know, what they have to go through. People said they make their uh, they make their living this time of year. That's definitely true. Uh, putting up with what they have to do this time, you know, what they have to put up with this time of year. You know, it's all part of recruiting. It's part of the game. I understand it. It's dirty. It's ugly. But it is what it is. It's not going to change. So you got to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I think they've done one heck of a job. And I think, you know, for – Somebody to be bashing Mark Richt after one year is ridiculous. That's just dumb, and I don't get that at all. But uh, I just want to say that I think we're headed in the right direction, and I think there's nothing but good things to come, man. Nothing but good things to come. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Appreciate it. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Hi, Gary. It's JJ Dub speaking. How you doing? What's up, JJ? What you got for us? Had a question um, with DJ Dallas. What are his um, from like you seeing him in person? What would you estimate are his exact measurements? Because I've seen different. Uh, what do you call it? Varying he looks to me about five nine, one seventy five maybe. What, what are they listing him at? I, I'm. Um, um, let me see. I've seen on one site six feet one ninety, and I've seen on another one like yeah. five. Yeah, he's 11, not six feet. He's, he's he's not six okay. feet. Um, you know, he looks, he looks to me like 5'9", maybe 5'10". Okay. Question, well, one thing I thought about in watching his uh, tape, you know, from like um, high school, he's lining up, you know, like in the Wildcat formation playing quarterback. Would he, would it make sense? And I mean, probably not, but would it make any sense for him to plug in where McFarlane uh, tails off? Because with him playing Wildcat, He's essentially a running back. He's just five yards further back and has a clearer view of everything. But a lot of his plays and his highlights where he's scoring on offense, maybe, that's what he's doing. Maybe, maybe in an emergency situation, but you don't want him playing running back. He'd get killed. He, he, he's not, he doesn't have that kind of body. He, he'd take too much pounding. You want him as cornerback or, or receiver? Whatever. I know Miami at one time, I was looking at some of the guys that they were recruiting for running back earlier in the year. Um, outside of, you know, McFarlane and uh, Burns, whatever happened to uh, this Darian Felix guy that was over, I think, like in Fort Myers that he was listed like as a all-purpose back. I loved his tape when I watched him. He was, what, about 5'11", 185, kind of like in the same mode as what he could do as like McFarlane. Um, if you recall, like what happened with him, I guess? 
they just uh, decided they didn't want him. Hmm. Oh. No, his you know, pace looked really good. I mean, mind you, the highlights, you know, it catches. Yeah, I don't know what his know, grades are like stuff. or anything like that. But, you know, there's always, you know, it could be hidden factors, grades, character. But they decided they didn't want him. They 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 didn't put any effort into him at all. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I hope, you know, going forward, I mean, I know we've talked about this all night about, um, you know, the aftermath with McFarlane and them investing so much in him. You know, going forward, why are they not just build a fence around the hundreds of skilled players, you know, like in the backyard here in the state of Florida? Like I was looking like on a few of the different recruiting sites like Rivals and ESPN, Florida has – it varies, but about five to six four-star running backs. So if Florida State has, like, I think one or two of them, there's no way Miami shouldn't have, you know, one or two of them themselves, you know, like outside of Burns. Um, so I, the caller right before I brought up Burns, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Like, I know they said, you know, he hasn't played in about two years, and this year he had a terrible offensive line, and his coach chose to kind of save him, not get him, you know, like uh, hurt up or whatever. But – do you foresee, and I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, being that he, people haven't really seen him for a couple of years, but, like, can he be that guy at Miami that they thought back his sophomore year was really looking like a five-star back, or do you think he maybe lost a little something? Like, I know he pulled out of, like, an all-star game recently. Yeah, I have no opinion whatsoever. I've never seen him play live. I've never seen him at a camp. He has, he's done nothing. He's, you know, he's a great mystery, and, um, he's coming to Miami based on the recommendation of one of the football ops guys that had a connection to Gulliver, and uh, uh, we'll see how we'll see how it works out. You know, I have, I have no opinion yeah. at all. I can't. I I don't know anything. You know, what frame of reference? A, a few clips from when he was a sophomore. Yeah. Well, another you thing know, that I'm, scares me about how Miami uh, recruited this year with the running back position was that outside of um, Burns. I mean, like right now they have, I guess, Mark Walton, uh, Travis Homer, and I guess Burns, but they don't have on the roster this year any guy with any size for like a goal line situation. Like no, they got Edwards burnt. They're burnt. Let's 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 be honest. They got burnt. Okay, mm-hmm. when you when you're going into this thing a year ago, because that's that that you know that's the recruiting cycle. Like they're they're already recruiting yeah. 2018 right now. They're offering kids. They're mm-hmm. seeing kids when they're out on the road. 2018 is in full force, and we'll start covering it on Thursday. But you know, beyond what we've already done. But, you know, when you're looking at the situation a year ago, you're sitting there saying, okay, we got Walton coming back for at least one more year. We got Yearby coming back as a senior. We've got Edwards coming back as a senior. Um, we got Travis Homer, who we just recruited. Um, I don't think they think too much about Treyon Gray, to be honest with you. I know guys on the message board mm. love to talk about him, but I don't expect him to ever, you know, play. I just don't think he's got – you know, he's good enough. But mm-hmm. um, the point I'm making is you've got a crowded running back situation. You're not, you know, you're not going to be able to sell yourself to an elite running back with all those backs coming back. And it's a bridge year. So you, you, you commit to Robert mm-hmm. Burns, who you committed to as a sophomore. You got him locked up. And Thomas Brown thought he had Anthony McFarland, who, you know, is, is, is not an elite running back, but a good enough running back that you feel like, your position's in pretty good shape when you put all those guys together. But you're not counting on Yearby leaving, Edwards leaving, you know, and, and now you lose McFarland. You know, they got burnt. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's a good um, explanation, like, when you look at it, because I kind of forgot about going back to a year ago, Miami looked well-stocked. So, yeah, if you look at it that way, 
Yeah, they just the dominoes fell in the wrong way for the running back position. You know, for like everybody outside of Walton, pretty much. So, yeah. understandable. Um, one other so question, I have real quick. That? How do you overcome that? You overcome it by finding a fifth-year guy. You got to get you, you mm. get somebody like this die kid from Clemson to come play at your pro, in, in your program. He becomes the second or third string running back, and you know. The problem is he may not want to go somewhere and be a second or third string running back. That's that's the that's mm. the problem. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Gotcha. Um, one other question I had. So with a couple of the Southridge commits that actually with Miami, I don't know if either Miami dropped them or they themselves, you know, dropped out of the mix. But I kind of missed it from you know when it happened previously. But from what you recall from covering the recruiting. What happened with both, just, you know, in a, a quick way with Billy Gibson and with Rodney Scott? I know Rodney Scott was a while ago that they had him um, committed, and he dropped, um, and he went to, like, the Paradise Camp, and he seemed really high on Mark Rip and all that. And he had some spectacular catches, like one-handed catches. The Billy Gibson guy never was really sold on. He looked light to be a safety. But just really quick, what happened with both of those, like, behind the scenes as far as why did they decommit? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, why would Rodney Scott decommit from Miami to go to Ole Miss? <laughs> why would he do that? <laughs> oh, Ole yeah, Miss. Ole Miss. Got gotcha. Ole Miss, Ole the, Miss most, right. the most crooked program in America. Why would he do right. that? Why would, you know, I mean, why would Billy Gibson, who's been committed to Miami for months and months and months, drop Miami to go to school on the entire opposite side of the country – I mean, you can't get any wow. further from Miami than Oregon. <laughs> wow. you, uh, but that's like, all they have pretty a, much with that guy, the South Florida guy, going there. I don't even know if University of wow. Alaska has a football team, but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of funny, <laughs> you know. But mm. it is what it is, man. It's it's part of recruiting. Wow, wow. The other team that I thought yeah. was real sketchy and all this that every year pulls out some miracles, and they've been real suspect with coaching is Auburn where they always have like a top 10 class. I was like, they must have a heck of a guy funneling cash to somebody that nobody has looked at. I was like, Auburn is one that to me is real suspect, real suspect. <laughs> wow. All right, man. Let me let That's all I have. You good? All right. We'll yep. talk to you next time. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. Let's go down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Lives. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing great. Who's this? This junkie. Hey, what's up, junkie? What you got, man? Oh, um, I had a question about uh, about Thomas and Dean. Um, I know they had you know some issues like obviously well but being in JUCO because of Graves or is it because he wasn't recruited oh not with Graves because he was committed to Cincinnati are they going to be uh, you know, are they like late arrivals you know, are they going to come down to like a situation like Chocolate and Mullins or are they good to go I, I think they're good to go but obviously I don't know for sure we don't we don't get to see that the kids was, ac- yeah. we don't get to see their because, academic records the, the, the Thomas kid is is a little problematic, but I'm told he's close, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, being you know being top fifty, being the MVP of the um, All Star game and all that, and then you know we only take one visit in January. 
And, you know, it's kind of like, what's, you know, is he, you know, will we have to wait for him to go prep or JUCO, you know? That was my one of my, like, big concerns, or, you know, with Dean, you know, um, somebody posted the other day on the board that he had, you know, credits that he needed to be eligible. And then, you know, with me, I was thinking with him, uh, West Virginia coming in, you know, he wanted to decide between Arizona State and Miami when he was committed to Alabama. Alabama dropped in, you know, 4-3, Juco, um, and they still, you know, still trying to recruit cornerbacks. To me, that was kind of like red flag a little bit, you know, why why Alabama dropping in, like, all, you know, all together, this is the number one Juco cornerback. They need corners, obviously, just to try to recruit a true freshman. To me, it just was like, you know, a whole lot of, you know, smoke with, with that situation. So I was like, you know, want to know, had anything, you know, is there anything going out that they might not qualify or they might be real late qualifiers like Mullins was? And, you know, yeah, we, we, just, we just don't know right now. Jeff Thomas may have to go juice. I know Thomas has had some academic issues. I, I, that I know. Um, but I was told last week by by somebody that, um, you know, he's close enough to where he's he's worth a school taken. So I think I'm, I'm sure that's what Miami's seeing. Um, but, you know, the other guys, I'm, I, I can only assume Dean's got his academics straightened out. That's why you go to JUCO to get yourself straightened out, and then you come back and go to a, a four-year college. But, so, yeah, but, you know, um, in, the, in the past we had guys like Bond who who couldn't get in. We thought he was coming in the summer. Then we found out, you know, he couldn't yeah, but get see, that's in. What, that's what I was talking about earlier. That kid never should have been signed, ever. That's the kind of stuff they did. And he was a last-second <laughs> guy on the last day. I mean, the, 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 the Golden the, made the, those Devontae mistakes Bond. over and over and over, and that's why Miami's in the situation that it's in right now. It's not the darn good players. I mean, there's good players, but – you know, there's no depth, and that's because of all the failed recruiting that went on. Yeah. How do we look in terms of numbers next year um, for the 18 class? With 18 being so loaded at wide receiver, at DB, we'll need, we'll definitely have to recruit linebacker, D line, and O line next year as yeah. well. How many people will be able to take next year? And that we taking thirty this year, and, and we only what do to graduate only a few. Let me see. Let me see. Let me take a look here for real quick. Um, it's too many people, man. We got it's gonna be so many people that we won't be able to take. It's like, the, man, the, the, you know, the, we, it's a, it's gonna be a it's a pretty big it's gonna be a pretty big graduating class. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a pretty big graduating class, so I think they'll be okay. Oh, okay, so we'll be able to get at least two or, two or three running backs. We'll probably need two or three. We need well, actually, at least you know, five I think that back, it's not a big graduating class. No, it's really not. Well, that's what I was so, looking at. I'm thinking yeah. we'll only be able to take about 18 to 20, maybe. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think they're going to have to the, – the, the junior class is the one that's really, really big, and I think they're going to have to – you know, get get a few kids to leave that aren't playing. Like, you know, Trayon Gray would be a candidate. Daryl Langham would be a candidate if he can't break the lineup this year. Wouldn't they be gone? Uh, 
they'll be gone anyway, though. Wouldn't they be seniors next year? No, they're juniors next year. These guys I'm talking about, Jahair Jones would be a candidate to, to, you know, possibly if he can't take a step forward. Um, C.J. Perry is another one. you got a lot of guys. Uh, you you could pick up three, four. McCrary. Yeah, Terry McGoo. Yeah, him for sure. McCray, yeah. yeah McCray, you, McCray, you can pick yeah. up an extra five or six just on guys that will be in the junior class. That, yeah, we're gonna be you know, in trouble. So, yeah, so I think I think you're looking ultimately at a class, you know, maybe, you know, just the way it looks right now, maybe eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, we we might be in trouble because that the the following year, the nineteen class, you know, we can lose maybe at least two. Pickney and Shaq could be gone easily. Uh, yeah, Amari Richards can be gone easily. It, you know, they're not. They, they were good. They're not NFL ready yet. Um, but. You know, there's guys in the sophomore class. I'm looking like Ryan Fines could be a guy that you know might go play somewhere else. We'll see what happens with Jeff James and Fed Wright and some of these guys. So, you know, there might be some places to pick up an extra scholarship or two. But I, I think if you projected right now in that 18, 19 range, that would probably be pretty close. Yeah, that's, I'm, see, that's, we, that's what made. Not you know he's not wasting scholarships. He, he he might he might be more than willing to go into. Um, and I haven't done the math and and all that. And I don't know exactly where they are, but he might not be afraid to go into next season a few scholarships under the limit because he could use those next year. Right, because we're gonna need them because we need running back, we need DB, we need wide out. Well, we we should be okay, but we'll still have to get at least. I mean, but. 18 wide receivers and DBs and running backs, so loaded. But we still got to address the O-line because after next year we'll lose a, a, a gang of O-line. And we have to address the D-line because we could lose Norton. And, you know, that will only leave us with McIntosh. What, McIntosh, Martin, and Ford. I, they're going to the need DTs. a three tackles next year. They're going to need a couple running backs. Uh, they're not going to need Man, we might be in trouble. We're not I don't know why they're not going to need. I don't think they're going to need a quarterback, but we'll see. Um, yeah, but we have to address so almost every other position. Four or five DBs with all that talent. You have to take four or five wide receivers too. With Mark Pope, um, Copeland, Thompson. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Xavier Williams? That uh, Napier gone. Um, you know, and then it, we turn out it, it, a, a eleven and one, twelve and two, uh, twelve and one. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, we'll see. What's the old but anyway, it's a good thing yeah. the roster's getting crowded. You want the roster crowded because that means you got better players, and they're right. getting to that point. It's not a ton of fat, you know. There's not a ton of fat. Now it's time yeah, to recruit. Just, elite. You got to recruit elite, and I'm right. sure that's what they're trying. So right, let me look. I got a whole bunch of guys on hold, and we got okay. about 13 minutes left. So uh, thanks for All being right. part of the show, and, and we'll catch up uh-huh. with you next time. Yeah. All right. Um, let's try to keep calls quick now. We're we're down to the wire. Let's go to 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Hello, Gary. This is yes, Hurricane Mike, man. I, this Hurricane Mike. What's up, Mike? What you got? Hey, I'm going to say this real quick, man. I've been waiting over an hour to get this off my chest. I've been hearing callers calling in all night. First of all, I want to thank you. you got a great show. Hey, man, I admire your work, man, and I appreciate you, man. 
Thank no, but you, let Mike. me say this real quick, and I'm going to get off here. I hate when I hear callers call in, this poor became fan, keep talking about we lose a kid. You can't lose nothing you never had. I don't want nobody that do not bleed orange and green. You don't bleed orange and green, I don't care if you're from Homestead, Columbus. I don't care. I don't need you on my team. All that flip-flopping, I don't need you. That means you're unstable. Yeah, they might be a kid, but they're young men. They're smart. They're educated. So if you don't want to be a hurricane, go ahead and take your, take your butt somewhere else, and we just get beat by us, plain and simple. I want a kid that want to be a hurricane because if you got a high IQ, guess what? We could teach him to play the position that we want to put him in because if we could teach him and he comprehend, guess what? He could be a two-star. Ray Lewis, all of them, two-star, three-star, Ed Reed. But look at them now. They're Hall of Famers. So when you got good coaches that can coach a player up, I don't worry about the star. If Henderson don't want to come, see that, or uh, Elvis don't want to come, so be it. Let them go. I don't, we don't worry about that. The hurricane going to always be the hurricane with them or without them. You know what I mean? So I get sick of that, man, like we got to baby these kids. That kid, Thomas, the wide receiver, talking about tell these schools to hold a position for him. Who the hell do you think he is? No, that was Pal- We don't hold no position for nobody. You're right. Let me tell you something. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen too many of these flip-flopping kids ever turn out to be great players. So you, you might be honest. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just sick of that, man. You can't lose something you never had. They need to stop saying that we can't afford to lose this kid. We can't. We never had them. Because if they ain't dead, that means they never was with us. Yo, so yo, whatever happened to lose something Bryant. you never had. Remember Keith Bryant who flipped on signing day? Whatever happened to Trevante exactly. Valentine? What, what, whatever happened to those kids? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how many of them ever become great players. I don't remember. I exactly. Really don't. Exactly. Same thing with McFarland. I, I can't name one right now off the top of my head. And Just listen, and she was right on point. And you, let me say this again. I don't mean to cut you off. I want somebody else to get in here. Listen, you was right on point. Talk about McFarland. McFarland was committed to me. I had been following McFarland. He was all in on Miami, all in that. Did he get a coach to come and pressure him to make him do something he don't want to do? You know what that tells me? He can he, he he's one of those kids that said he can't handle pressure. You know what I mean? No, so that means if right. I get in a tough game You're situation, I can't depend on him. Can't handle pressure. <laughs> yeah, I can't depend on him. Because you can't even deal with a coach. That's not a coach no stress. Look at man, I'm from Maryland, but listen, I don't want to play from Maryland. I'm going to Miami. So if you can't look a man in the face and tell him you don't want to play, but you just tell him giving tell him what he wants to hear, I don't need you in Miami, bro. Because if my game is on the line, I can't trust you with the ball. I can't trust you. You know what I'm saying? So take your butt to Maryland. You stay on in Maryland. When we run down on you, we just whoop you. That's all. And then you'll wish you was a cake. You know what I mean? But until we get some defensive tackles back there, some dominant whoop folks and one step, that's when we'll be relevant again for real. But we got to beat that line. I love what we got what we got right now. But we need to recruit more defensive tackles. I never see them go out the five-star defensive tackle. Never. And I don't understand that for the life of me. Why? You scared to be told no? Go after these guys. But five-stars don't mean nothing to me. I like productivity. If I can see where you're consistent in high school, I want you as a player. I don't care if you're a two-star. But if you're consistent, I want you. You know what yeah, I mean? That might be if you don't want to be with me, I'll see you later. That might be the one place where I think they may have come up a little short is defensive tackle. Exactly. I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah, because my thing over here, Gary, I'm going to say this last comment and I'm gone. Listen, you keep your hold. Listen, you can get all the secondary you want. If you ain't got no pressure up front, your secondary is garbage. But you got to get the pressure up front. All right, man. Let me let me move on to okay, somebody Gary, else. Okay, Gary, you take care, man. Thanks, Thanks man. man. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. 
Let's go down 305. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. What's up, Adam? What you got? Shoot quick. Uh, uh, I'll try to be quick as humanly possible. Um, one thing. Do you see the NCAA ever moving to an earlier signing period like they do with every other sport? I do. I do. All the coaches because want it. it. It's ridiculous. It's getting I'm ridiculous. Not, I definitely do. Yeah. Because I mean, they should do what they do with basketball. You have one week, I think it's early November. Yep. And then you have a late signing period for all these flip floppers. Totally agree, also, and I think they'll. I think they'll do it. Go ahead. Next. Also, uh, two things. One, I really don't understand where McFarland was coming from, considering Maryland already signed two other running backs. It's not. It's the most ridiculous recruiting thing I've ever heard, and plus with all these silent commits. It's just ridiculous. I don't understand why McFarland didn't sign with Miami for the life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, third, do you see um, like either Edwards or Henderson committing to one school affecting the other? I don't think so. Because... I don't think so. Uh, okay. I don't because... think they're a package deal or anything like that. No, I don't N- think so. No, not not a package deal going to the same school, going to different schools because of the no. competition. No, I mean, no. It's not like, I mean, you're only talking well, about Well, because they play, well, no, because they play the same position. I don't know if, like, Florida's offering Henderson spot to Edwards or vice versa. Because I know I schools do that I sometimes. I think Florida's trying to get both of, of them. Uh, okay. Well, Thanks for the great show, Gary. Have a good night. You got I'll it, Adam. See you later. Thanks. So, yep. Thanks as always for being part of it. Let's go to the four two three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Elijah Green for, um, over here. What's Elijah, up, Elijah? Green, twenty five, coming from Knoxville. Not much, man. First, I do want to say thank you, man, for all your hard work and keeping those Kane fans posted with the you know the real inside scoop. I just want to also chime off too. Um, about Shannon, I, I ain't really feeling all he, what he's saying. You know what I mean? way I look at it is he's bragging about the success that he had at Miami, but he's not telling the whole story. Because when I remember him being the defensive coordinator, he inherited the best defense that you ever could inherit. I mean, you had more Pro Bowls still in the league because of what Butch Davis did. And he's not Yeah, but come on. Randy, Randy's a veteran, experienced coach. He's a good coach. Come on. I mean, there's no reason. You know, you know, we don't have to diss on Randy Shannon. He's doing his job. His job is to try to win those two kids over, over Mike Rumpf and, and Ephraim Banda and Mark Rick. And he's doing what he has to do. He's looking for where he has an advantage. And he feels his advantage is his, his, him and his DB coach. And that's what he's selling and you can't blame him so, that, so what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is how come there's no coaches on the hurricane side then talking about the truth I mean let's be of honest of course they now. are of course, they're but let's be honest of course now. they are the hurricanes the hurricanes fell off whenever he was a defensive coordinator after they got what by LSU that no, come was on. They, they won the national title with Randy as defensive coordinator come on they were the best team in college football right but Come that's on. I'm going right he, back. He inherited that. He inherited that. Yep. He inherited that. Take it like you got to take it like a man. There's nothing wrong but, with Randy right, Shane. Gonna... Come on. Like I'm saying though, 43. That was the only time we got what that bad. 
Never have we ever gotten whooped that bad in the bowl game, and he was a he was a defensive coordinator. That he ain't telling the whole story. Randy, that was because LSU's team was re- came ready to play, and Miami didn't. Well, all right. Well, all right. I give you that. But to me, like I'm saying, to me, I mean, but the same thing happened the year after that. He played against Louisville. We got our bus fame. You know, same defensive coordinator. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go ahead and go on with that one. Um, but what I'm just trying to say is. To me, I don't. I mean, I'm hearing he's a good defensive coordinator, but I also watched those teams. They gave up too many yards every single time. They didn't make that many plays. It was a bend but don't but don't break type of defense. That's what I'm just trying to point out. Um, another thing is, I just want to kind of point out as well is about Hartley and uh, Thomas. You keep on saying that they got skinny legs, they ain't really gonna make it. But I, I didn't they say can't that. Be every day. No, 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 no. They're specialists. I didn't say they're not going to be great players. I think Jeff Thomas in particular is going to be a really good player. I didn't say they weren't going to make it. I said they're specialists. But you said said they're not going to be every damn player. With specialist receivers, you have to have a good mix. You have to have have bigger receivers on the outside, and that's what they're recruiting, and they're doing a great job. You got Amon Richards out there for a couple more years. You got Njoku coming in who's going to be a big receiver. You got Lawrence Cager for three more years. They're, they're, yeah. They got a nice mix, okay? I didn't say those kids aren't going to make it. And uh, Harley, uh, okay, okay, but here's, Harley, he yeah, is a specialist like I, like I think he is. He, he's got great speed, and he can stretch a defense. All right, but here's also my other thing, though. You look at somebody like Wes Walker. Another part of Kyle Dunn saying, if you sit there, because you're going to have these big receivers, this big cornerback trying to jam my line. Out, you're going to compare a kid coming out of high school to Wes Walker? One of the I'm most talking about the way you call them. I'm just talking about the NFL way you use them. For the last 10 years? The way Come you on, use man. them. The way you use them. I'm just talking about because you, you see Wes Walker. You look like that because of how great he was. I'm not talking about how great he was. I'm just talking about the way you use that player. You got to coach. Right. This is one thing I do like about Rick. He actually does play, um, call plays according to the strengths of his team. He didn't do that the whole month of October, and that's the reason why we lost all those four games that we shouldn't have lost. But you've seen him make adjustments during the, the month of November, and we played a Pittsburgh team that was better defensively, statistically-wise, than both Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, but he called a better offensive play because he started doing more max protect, protect to let those longer developing plays actually develop. So but what I'm saying is, you can use players like Thomas and Hartley every down. And that's, it just depends on like how another caller played it said. He said that you got to move them out. You got you to basically um, have, put them in motion. If you put them in motion, they can't get jammed. And you can do whatever you want to. And you can alternate the two of them because they're both one and the same, if you ask me. Correct. Correct. Um, but, you, but you can't put them in motion every play. All right, let me let you go. We got to go get some sleep. Signing days in the morning, but you know your your points noted. But just I just want to make it clear. I didn't say they wouldn't be good players. I said that. Right I, on, I right said on. that I think they're specialists. All right, man. Thank you. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Hope we gave you some insight into the recruiting class. If you missed the beginning of the show, we'll have the podcast online in a few minutes. I went through the entire. Uh, recruiting class and the picture for tomorrow. Um, so you can go back and, and, and listen to that. 
We'll be on the grind from about 5 a.m. We're going to go out to a lot of the signings, a lot of schools, bring you all kinds of coverage, a lot of interviews, a lot of stories. Um, Hope you enjoy it tomorrow. And uh, hopefully for the Canes' sake, uh, they they finish strong and maybe they get one of these two guys that are on the fence right now. Maybe, uh, Maybe they get both. But if they don't, it's still a decent recruiting year, a lot of good players coming into the program. And like I said, they have a plan. They're not reaching. They're not taking kids that can't play. And to me, that's as big a win as anything else. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you to Harry's and Blue Apron for sponsoring the show. Um, Harry's, you go to harrys.com. You use the code CANES, and you get that free shaving set and the free shave bomb. You just got to pay for shipping. And Blue Apron, uh, they're the guys that give you all your ingredients and recipes for your dinners. They send you the food. You, they're going to give you your first three meals for free if you use the code CANE, C-A-N-E, when you go to blueapron.com slash CANE. So um, have a great night, everybody. We'll be coming at you all day tomorrow. And uh, thanks for listening to Kane Sport Live.